Welcome to our podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Karen. Karen, and this is the Walking Dead cast episode 333, halfway <laughs> three, three, three. to 666. <laughs> <Wow>. Spooky. <laughs> <laughs> we were just joking about the zombies, and yes. Karen said that they were saying, don't forget to vote. <laughs> and I'm like, if you forgot, then it's too late. <laughs> Those zombies Crap. are so, such slackers. <laughs> I mailed in my bet. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, this episode is made possible by Karen and me, and also Woo! Patreon supporters like George Hankerson, who've pledged their support at patreon.com slash Jason and Karen. So thank you, George. Thanks, George. Okay, before we any do anything else. There's a lot of people who want to know what you thought of Rick's final episode. I actually really enjoyed it all. Mm-hmm. I did not see it coming. and You didn't know I, anything beforehand except that it was his last one? No. Well, we kind of got... Wasn't it one of our listeners who called it? So that was sort of in the back of my mind that he'd be whisked away on the helicopter and he wouldn't die after oh, all. Oh, yeah. You know what's so funny about that is... People kept saying that. You said it. Melissa said it because she was a guest host. Yeah. Jillian uh, Moreau, one of the listeners. There were a few people. And I, I seriously maintain that all the people who said that were kind of in denial, except <laughs> it actually came true. <laughs> and I thought, well, that's dumb. <laughs> but you guys are right. So I give you credit. <laughs> Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I thought yeah. you just didn't want to face that he was going to die. I didn't. But I, then I didn't. Ended up being and right. I didn't have to, which yeah. never happens. I'm never, I'm never right about this. I things. know. It was so They great. finally listened to you. <laughs> they did. Yeah. They did. I was like, yeah, no, he's just going away. He's not going to die. He's going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were right. Okay. I'm yep. sorry. I interrupted. So you loved it. So, I mean, even like, um, so you like the ending too, huh? You like the helicopter thing? I, you know, I'm a sucker for uh, a great um, musical theme, and that song has kind of stuck in my head ever since. I really liked it a lot. Yeah, yeah. that was episode I, two or no one. And and I'm with you. He's a great character, and I was happy that he didn't die. And I'm interested to see what happens to him and why he isn't back yet six years later. Mm-hmm. But there must be a good explanation. So yeah, I'm I think it's uh, he went to a resort it. and it was really nice. <laughs> He's sipping Mai Tais on the beach and he's like, you know, at some point I'll have to get back right. there. I've but... been meaning, meaning to do that. 
<laughs> what do you say, Jada? Should we go back there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, sure. at some point. What was your what was your girlfriend's name? Marianne or something? <laughs> you want another my time? <laughs> <laughs> uh did you um what did you think about the three sort of hallucin- hallucinations slash visitations oh. from the past? Heartbreaking, sweet and heartbreaking. I loved all that. Mm-hmm. And and I loved especially seeing um, Scott Wilson, yeah, uh, Herschel, and he's such a he's such a sweet man, and um, yeah, it was heartbreaking. I got all very teary eyed, mm-hmm. and it he's was lovely. cool to see them back in their previous season incarnations. Yeah, you know, all clean shaven. Oh, Shane, there he is yes. in, the, in the police car. It was awesome. I love yes. That. I did too. I did too. It was he was so funny too. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I'm an asshole. Uh huh. He's like, how you should be saying <laughs> we should be saying, how's my family? <laughs> <laughs> and, Glad she doesn't have my nose. <laughs> right, and my ears. I thought I thought of you. Or I think Rick said she doesn't have your ears either, or something. Because well, we used to always whole, make fun of his earlobes. <laughs> the, yes, and his mom jeans. The whole thing was interesting, though, because, I mean, it all was in Rick's head. Yeah. So uh, that wasn't actually Shane, and that wasn't actually um, Sasha or Herschel. That was just all in Rick's head, and that was Rick's take on things, um, which is interesting. It's interesting to see his take on on everything and, and um, the, what he conjured up in his in his Rick brain. So yeah, I love I love the episode actually. It is, but I think too that you could say potentially that those were visitations from the afterlife too. Could you? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? It's TV. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Are you sure. I do. You know what? There's zombies. Yes, I, of course. I think yeah, everything that <laughs> Shane said. Uh-huh. I I, at least I want to believe that if Shane came back from from the afterlife, you know, Angel Shane yeah. or whatever, that he would say all that stuff. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. especially like taking credit for how Rick has turned out. <laughs> that, I, the reason why you're here, it's because of me. Yeah. He I, finally I wised up and started killing right. people for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> no, for good reasons sometimes. Sometimes. Except for when he just started shooting at the kingdom guy for no reason. Yeah, that's true. There's (laughs) some other times too. Um, You you know, um, six years has has six years have passed, and they've been rickless. Yeah, and things are going pretty well. Right, they're not too bad. Yeah. Well, 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 let's not get ahead of ourselves. Okay, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's move on. Yeah, let's move on. Attention shoppers, Deadcast Top 5 in 5, 4, 3, 2. All right, it's our Deadcast Top 5. This week it's our Top 5 Highlights from Walking Dead Season 9, Episode 6, Who Are You Now? Who are you now? Who, who are you? Uh, well, I am a watcher who very much enjoyed this episode. That's who I am right now. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know how Lucy and I have been doing kind of bad cop, good cop? I don't know if you... Oh, you, you didn't watch Fear. It, it often turned out that I was bad cop and she was good cop. <laughs> oh, why am I not surprised? I think it might be the same for this episode. No, I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence about it, but anyways. Okay. Okay, let's so you like it. Let's, let's see if I can get you on my side okay. of the fence. Yeah. But if, in the I'll struggle, you might accidentally push me over to the other side. <laughs> 
that's fine. <laughs> I'm fine with that. So <laughs> I might push you off the water tower uh, in your haste get to get smashed. down. You may you may kick the ladder and then uh, have to drop down like a dummy. And then I'll try to tell you something I've been meaning to tell you, and you'll say, "Don't make it weird." <laughs> don't make it weird. I tell you that all the time, yeah. Jason. Jason, God damn, don't make it don't weird. Don't make it weird. <laughs> I usually edit that out. Uh, so you liked it. Anything else in general? You may get me on your side of the fence. Come to think of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I, uh, well, here's how much I liked it. Not only did I, I, so I watched it this morning for the first time. I didn't watch it last night, but I watched it this morning, and then right away, I wanted, I wanted to watch it again. So, oh, that's yeah. great! Yeah, yeah. I know. This season, it's a good sign, man. I've been like, oh, cool. It's Walking Dead Day. That's a good yeah. feeling to have again. It like, is. Oh, what's gonna happen? Yeah, yeah. It and is. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for next week's episode like that too. So, I guess I mean, actually, after I watched this the first time, uh, I didn't like it as much as I did after the second time, which is pretty standard. But the thing is that, um, if after Fear the Walking Dead, where they suddenly just shifted that show had a huge shift yeah i'm a little wary of huge shifts and now this yes. show has a huge shift but this is a little different because it also feels a bit like a retread to me like um i'm intrigued but also a little fatigued <laughs> yeah yeah i guess i'll get into it in my in my top five but i would like it if you would go first this time okay I will uh let's talk about uh the elephant in the room which is the time jump so um, that's my number five. Mm -hmm. uh, I love a time jump. Um, yeah. And um, it's been six whole years forward in time. And my biggest beef with the previous 500 episodes or so, uh, 500 seasons, is that uh, <laughs> we were in the one place, one place, where for, and it, it seemed like it just never moved forward. And in fact, it wasn't just us thinking that. We had a listener who actually clocked it all out. Uh, was it um, Cindy? Petey? Yeah, yeah Petey. And it was only, uh, you know, a couple of weeks or something crazy. So I was bored. I was bored and annoyed and... Um, not 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 anymore. Now I'm like, wow! Look at what happened. There's so much to contemplate. There's so much to break down. So um, I was glad that the showrunners sped up the pace. It felt like it's. It feels the season like it's a different showrunner. It feels like it's a different. It's in some ways it feels like a different show. So um, I was grateful and I was happy. Yeah, just even. Before the time jump, right? The first five episodes oh, yeah. have yeah. been, the pacing's been great. Yep. I think. Well, let's see. Um, I'll go for the time jump too. So I guess Angela Kang said Judith is about four, four and a half when we start the season and then we jump to her being 10 years old. So that means it's five and a half to six years. That's right. And the little R little kid, RJ. Yeah. Junior. Uh, yeah. To me, he we only saw him for a brief moment. He kind of scared True. me, actually. I'm hungry, mom. I was like, "What? What's that? <laughs> what the hell?" <laughs> I but know. Then I was like, "Oh, that's Rick's baby." <laughs> but he looked like in that brief moment, like he was three or four to me. But I guess he's five or six. Yeah, hard to hard to tell exactly. I I thought the same thing. I was like, "Whose baby is that?" I thought that was a flashback to Michonne's previous life. For a second, I was thinking that too, but no. 
She and Rick were talking about getting pregnant and then Rick went off in a helicopter. So she got a new boyfriend and now she has. (laughs) Yes. Just kidding. (laughs) It's, it's, it's Rick's obviously, which is cool. I'm glad to see Rick's lineage is not dead. Well, we, we don't know that that, that Judith is Shane's for sure. Right. It's pretty clear. I mean, Rick has said as much. And so I think he knows based on the timing. Oh, I think so. Yeah, they. Did, I guess they never. They never really truly. Well, they said he thinks it. Okay, never. Rick right. thinks yes. it. Okay, is. yeah. You're Rick right. thinks so. You're right. Um, it's a, a Grimes DNA living on. Yeah, yeah. So as far as the time jump goes, I like a time jump too. But the the kind of problem I have with time jumps, especially this big, is you know as Cindy pointed out in the first eight years of the show there were only two years or so maybe it was three i forget of showtime right and look how much changed with the characters how many different locations they went to uh who lived and died how their characters changed and now after you know almost three times that amount of time two or three times there it doesn't feel like that much time emotionally or plot wise has come by. I mean, we, we saw that Carol was already kind of schmoozing up to um, Ezekiel and now they're married. So that feels like it could be a couple months later. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, like Michonne is still talking to Rick. Like I, you know, I want to, I mean, I, I, I think she would be talking to him still six years later, but it just feels like it could be a much shorter time. And it's tough. Like how do you advance? This happens in comics too. They do. They'll skip a whole year and the characters just haven't developed that much. So I guess that's that was eating at me a little bit the whole time that their hair changed a lot. But the story didn't except six, six years worth of story, except uh, there is a little mystery about some things that may have gone down. I don't know anything because I don't know anything, but. Uh, there might be something crazy that has gone down because they keep referring mysteriously to something. Michonne said, you didn't have to live through what I had to live through, yeah. which makes me think something bad happened in those six years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She says, you know, it can happen. And she says, yeah, I know this isn't what we planned, but you weren't here. Neither was he. And you didn't have to go through the and then she gets interrupted. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, something happened. And on The Walking Dead, that could be like a Tuesday. Whatever that was. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'm intrigued exactly. to know what yeah. it was. But you know, the too. wolves came one day and then et cetera. Yeah. Et cetera like, and and I, I also wonder what the hell happened to uh, to her with the X on her back. That is where uh, little RJ came out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> they had to do they haven't perfected C-sections yeah. yet. They're, they're, yeah. they're, they're going in through it. the back. She's in training. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So I think it's somewhere on the torso somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I, hear, I think I hear a baby right here. <laughs> <laughs> We're going in. Yeah. That's a mystery. So... We don't yeah. know what happened to that. Yeah, no. yeah, that's true. Uh, but anyway, okay, so time change. W- what has changed? It looks like Daryl has been out on his own. He's gone feral. Yeah, he's dirtier than ever. Yep. Uh, Carol's, <laughs> yes. Carol's married to Ezekiel, which I think is nice. Yes, and, and she's got long hair. And she's resisting taking on the mantle of queen. 
<laughs> who can blame her? <laughs> and she goes, Jerry, just like as he yeah. used to do. Uh, <laughs> Eugene's good at killing zombies with knives now, which is yeah. cool. I like that. And his his mullet is long enough to make into a very long man braid. Yeah. So I don't even that. know if you can call it a mullet anymore, right? It's just long hair, I think. It's or, just long hair. Yeah. Which he's braided prettily. And Michonne has a cool, edgy haircut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Her, her hair now kind of cascades down one side, which is cute because I thought Judith's hair sort of did the same thing. She had a braid that sort of cascaded down one side and it sort of reminded me of um, Michonne's hair. I thought, oh, that's nice. I don't know about Carol's hair. I know, I know, I know. I want to like it, but it just makes her look old, older. It's kind of extreme from where it was. Like it was very, very short and now it's very, very long. And she looks great with it short is the thing. And we're so used to that. It's just change. Yeah. You know, if we had been there during those six years, maybe we'd have gotten used to it. Maybe, (laughs) yeah. It's like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, And I think they may have grayed up Ezekiel's hair a bit. Yeah. Right. Silver Fox. Yep. <laughs> uh, I like that, you know, we get to see Alexandria at the same time as these newcomers do. They they introduced us to Alexandria as they're seeing it and they're kind of their jaws are wide open. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Yep. And we see this new like it looked like a community hall in the center and a windmill. Yeah, a windmill. Now the windmill it, aren't windmills supposed to have like a a filament or not a filament like a um I don't know some kind of something pulled over the windmill so it can actually push air against it and not just be like a skeletal? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, or else I, I don't understand a- how windmills work because <laughs> <laughs> it didn't seem like it would turn. The wind would push it if it's just like right, yeah, right. If know. it's uh, right, slats instead yeah, of exactly. solid, solid planks. Right, right, right. I know what you're talking about. We don't know windmill technology. Know, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know what? Somewhere <laughs> somebody simple. is telling us, is shouting at um, yeah. their phones right now, telling us we're idiots. Like I tried sailing and I never raised up the sail and the boat wouldn't go until I raised it up. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a similar concept. Um, and then it was just making me think, um, Alexandria... You know, they've been there a a while now. I remember in the episodes leading up to that, everybody was on the road and a lot of listeners were getting impatient with that. And then they got to Alexandria and people were happy. And I'm thinking, because I know the comic, well, it's pretty much Alexandria from here on out. And now here we are. That was uh, season five, I think, is when they got there at the beginning of season five or end of season four. Mm -hmm. Now they've been there for more than half the show. Um, so how do you feel about that? Is that cool? Oh, that they've been uh, at Alexandria that long? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I'm actually okay with that. Although, I mean, I guess they had to rebuild from the great fire of six years ago or however mm-hmm. long ago it was. Didn't the fire destroy most of the place? Am yeah, I Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. When Carl was there and all those explosions yeah. were going off. And if things were burning down and I thought, oh, I guess they're destroying Alexandria. But now it seems like Alexandria is doing just fine. So yeah, I guess they rebuilt. There's still some houses there. I don't think. Yeah, it must not have destroyed everything. I don't know. 
Yeah. Um, so, yes, I'm totally fine with them still being at Alexandria. No problem. There's enough interesting Me things too. with the time jump. And the fact that it is changing over time is cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. A couple more uh, time change things. So, it looks like Rick's departure actually, of course, changed the course of where things were going. Now, we see um, in the beginning that bridge is still not rebuilt. And. <laughs> Ezekiel is saying that he wants to do this fair in hopes of reuniting the community. So I think the communities are not are kind of solo. I mean, they're yes. still friendly because Maggie at least seems to feel like she can send ship off these people to Hilltop and uh, Henry's on his way there. So M- Michonne can ship them off to Hilltop. Oh, yeah, 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 I'm yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Michonne. But um, anyways, I think Rick leaving really just you know, through the whole thing about unity among the communities out the window. <clears throat> and so I wonder <laughs> if maybe the rest of the season will be trying to get back to that ideal because Gabriel wants to find other people and Judith wants to help people. And so, you know, maybe. Right. Right. Yeah. Although they, they, um, Michonne seems mighty suspicious of newcomers. Maybe, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe that has something to do with the X on her back. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, by the way, do you think that um, this fair is a Renaissance fair? <laughs> uh, <laughs> He's King Ezekiel. Of course, it's yeah. a Renaissance fair. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. a Ren I didn't fair. Even think about that. Well, readers <laughs> of the comic book will recognize that fair. And, <gasps> really? Yeah. It's in the comic book? Absolutely. That's cool. What it's kind a nice of fair? fair. Yeah, what could go is wrong? Is it a fair with a tiger? Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> no. that's mean. <laughs> no. Yeah, a new tiger comes. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. He needs a new tiger buddy, or at least a cat. You know what? Ezekiel should have a cat. Yeah, and call it Shiva Part 2. Yeah. <laughs> so now there's a council, and that's reminiscent of season four when the council was Carol, Glenn, Daryl, Herschel, and Sasha in the prison. Oh, now, yeah. now it's Michonne, who's head of security, Gabriel, Aaron, Sadiq, Laura, who is that asshole savior girl, <laughs> <laughs> and two other people who I don't recognize. So that's pretty cool that they're going yeah. back to having a government. <laughs> and then the very last thing I just wanted to note is um, the, the, okay. So the zombies, the, they are six years older now and there's worms crawling through one of them. But uh-huh. I mean, if they had been decaying, then their heads should be just total mush now, like falling apart like a nice croissant or something. <laughs> Flaky melts in your mouth. Yeah. So they just seem pretty much like they did last week, maybe a little more. But, you know, that to me says, OK, the zombies are not losing strength. If after six years, there's still enough of them to, to be a threat, then they're just eternal, yes. probably. They Yes. Yeah. I mean, if a tree can grow around that zombie. And by the way. How great was the zombie with the tree growing around yeah, it? And then the the worm comes out of its ear and the um bluebird comes and gets the worm to feed to the yeah. to the the bluebird's chicks. I loved and I it. was like, Circle yeah. of life, man. <laughs> then next week we'll see the the zombie chicks attacking. Oh, you think you think that's a zombie worm now? No, and then the zombie worm. The, Chicks eat the zombie worm and now there's zombie bluebirds. <laughs> oh, yes, no, please. I actually don't. I think that was great. I really like that little 
sequence. Yeah, I did too. It's cute. Yeah, a little CGIE, but yeah, that's little. okay. I mean, after that deer, everything looks so much better. Maybe that I was know. their plan. Let's I put know. this really shitty one in and then we'll lower the bar for ourselves. <laughs> like, why is the television wavy where that deer is? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, it's like somebody put um uh, who's that actress that married five different people and was in Jaja Gabor? Like her, where they put the special film over the cameras. <laughs> right. Soft focus. <laughs> yes, <laughs> to make her seem, uh, yes, that's it. They just wanted to make the deer seem more sexy right, and younger. Because it was an older deer. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I've been going on forever. What's your number two? I mean, four. <laughs> number four. I'm going to say my number four is the zombies. Speaking of zombies, mm. not only did I love the little bluebird. But at the end, um, not just at the end, actually kind of all through it, um, the herd was behaving weirdly. And at the very end, uh, as we heard in uh, at the very beginning of the show, they're talking. Mm -hmm. What the fuck? (laughs) Are they getting smart? Are they being smart? Or, or, you know, what is going on? Um, I've heard rumors. Evolution. Yeah. Oh, oh, like Bub. Bob, <laughs> and and they're going to start reading books. Yeah, they'll get intelligent and just be like the neighbors. You'll have Hilltop and Zedville. <laughs> Zedville. <laughs> <laughs> and what would they trade for? It's like, do you guys have any like spare body parts for <laughs> for a farewell to arms? <laughs> <laughs> so they're saying, where are they? They must be close. Don't let them get away. Don't let them get away. So what do you think about that? Did that did you know that was coming? No. No. Okay, so how did you uh, Well, I mean, I think I saw the preview, so I knew something was going on. But you forgot, right? Mm. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I I knew that uh I was my heart was racing when Rosita and um Eugene were covering themselves with mud and I was like hide you guys hide from the herd and the herd goes right past and then um as the herd was talking I was like I was like what what is happening is that what happens in the walking <laughs> dead did they evolve to somehow be able to are they do they become intelligent again mm-hmm. the thing is uh if you're a comic reader then you know, you know. unless they take a s- sharp turn you know what this is all about, and so, and I am, so I don't really want to talk about no. it because I don't want to no, give it away. I don't but want to spoil anything. It's, it's, in, it's intriguing. It's super intriguing, <laughs> and that was a great moment. And so, for just just a moment, my my little heart went pitter patter thinking what? about smart zombies, and that yeah. made me super happy. But um, we'll see. We yeah. will see. Yeah, I remember in the comic this scene or a scene like it happened on the last page and then you had to wait a month. So I don't know if (laughs) how quickly we're going to figure this out on the show, but that was a, that was a long month. Damn you Kirkman. Damn (laughs) you. (laughs) Okay. uh, My number four is recurring themes. So this is kind of the reason why I was not in love with the episode because I'm like, okay, here is, Angela King's chance to really show that Walking Dead is going to be fresh and different. And it is in a lot of ways, especially the pacing. And it's just actually just a well done uh, show now. It's, it's engaging. So I'm yeah, totally wrapped up in it as it's moving along, including this week. But the thing that 
just kind of went against that a little bit is there's this theme of whether to trust strangers yes. with this new group. How many and do times? we help people or not? Yeah, it's oh, like my God. Randall all over again. Yep. And then there's the theme of having done terrible things to survive that Magna's like, oh, I've done bad God. things. <laughs> right? Yes. And then, and then there's a, another third sort of related but different theme about people getting brutal and dark yes. with Carol lighting people on fire. That's like Rick and Morgan. We've seen this so many times. I'm like, God, I, I just feel like the show has run out of things to say. Yeah. And now we have this remix that's fun and interesting, but it really just with those hallucinations last week, uh-huh. I felt like, man, this would be a good wrap up to the series right now. <laughs> I mean, I don't want Rick to die in the end, but just it's time. It, it, it just, I wished I want to be shown what would really win me over and make me feel totally on board with walking dead continue on for another few seasons is if I could see some new directions thematically yes. and story wise. Yes. If they could do that along with all the other great things they're doing, I'd be like, fuck yeah, this is great. Uh huh. Instead of, um, uh, you know, is who's the next, um, terrible pack of humans that yeah. are going to be, you know, who's the next, what's the next giant storyline that has to do with terrible people. It, I mean, it could be so many things. And I don't know that that's the next big storyline, but but I mean, that seems to be the direction that they're going in. And it does seem to be a rehash of a lot of things that we've seen yeah. before. I mean, to me, I know you and I differ on this. I'm I'm sort of like, well, having villains, it's kind of tough to get away from that. And, and I'm okay with having villains if they're interesting, but it's just, this idea of we have to struggle over whether to trust new people that's just been done so many times yep and and the idea of good people having to do dark things it's just like okay uh I, i'm just so bored with with that stuff at this point we've explored the fuck out of it and i'm bored with this <laughs> yeah yeah so. i get that i get that so I think that's the most negative thing I have to say. The rest of what I have to say, I think is pretty positive just so people know. But yeah, that was going to be the first thing I said, but it didn't flow. So I changed it. (laughs) Anyways, what's your number three? All right. My number three. I'm going to talk about a couple of things um, that I are one thing that I really, really enjoyed. And that is we got a couple of new characters and we got older versions of the same characters but i would like to talk first about these new characters specifically about connie and kelly mm-hmm. um the the um connie who is deaf and um kelly who i don't think her character they make her um hearing impaired but in real life um the actress I think is, kelly's deaf kelly's the deaf one not connie i think so okay um yeah. but in real life, the actresses who play them, both of them, one of them is completely deaf and the other one is um, hearing impaired to a degree. Oh. And so um, it was delightful to have people join the cast, um, one of whom is is deaf. It's so great. And to see American Sign Language used. Mm-hmm. I love that so Me too. much. And I think it's such a potentially 
useful skill in this world too that they all speak sign language oh fuck yeah so cool yes yeah. <laughs> uh yeah you know they can communicate um to each other Silently. using the sign language and really precisely when that so many times during standoffs they don't you know they they give each other meaningful looks but they don't really know what's happening and you could be communicating um yeah it's kind of great i'm i'm also somebody who um I mean, I I tried to learn American Sign Language, and I got some. I got uh, somewhat down that road. I have a a friend um, a while back, actually working at Apple, um, a friend who was deaf. So I was super motivated to um, learn American Sign Language. So I think it's just great to have that on the show. You know what my um, connection these days with sign language is when I do panels at Walker Stalker. We almost always have <gasps> someone on stage interpreting. Oh, so, that is so cool. Yeah, and it's interesting because they're they're translating everything I say and everything the actors yeah. say. They're so quick, and they usually there's two, and they take turns because you get fatigued. Yes, but um, there's a few actors who always, especially uh, who played Captain Jack Harkness in in Doctor Who, that guy. Um, yeah, right, 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 right. And John Barrowman, he'll he always just tries to say the most like totally inappropriate he he likes to <laughs> see how they will interpret hung like a donkey right. <laughs> <laughs> they usually just swing one arm down and uh rookers always says jiggly butts but michael cutlets is my favorite because he'll like start describing a vast cosmos and you know just comments and i, I don't know he just tries oh, to paint so this landscape and see how they're going to translate it it's great really oh that is so great am i am i a weirdo because whenever i watch television i turn on closed captions no i think a lot of people do that really good just so they don't cat they don't miss anything yeah yeah i have a hard time with accents so, um, I, and I'm, uh, I'm a visual learner, so I always turn on the closed captions. Always. My, my, uh, husband thinks I'm a weirdo, but probably <laughs> for many, many reasons. I think it's useful as a podcaster, especially. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You don't, you don't miss, uh, quite as much. Uh, <laughs> the one thing, uh, I didn't like about another new character though, Magna, is that her mm-hmm. name? Magna? Um, yeah. is that, um, I'm going to call her Magma. She seems to have kind of a little, uh, sort of has a loose screw because she was breaking into Michonne's house with a knife. Was she going to kill her? I know. Like, we want to be a part of this community, so we'll kill the leader. Yeah. (laughs) But on the other hand, I was sort of thinking about them in comparison to Rick. When they arrived, they were a little kind of ragtag because they'd just been through a lot of shit. Yeah. Rick was like. You know, we'll try our best, but if if it doesn't work out, we'll just take this place from him. Right. So he had a similar attitude. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't think that was a great plan on on her part. No. I wasn't sure how she expected that to play out. No. <laughs> and luckily, RJ uh, came over and jumped into Michonne's arms, and yeah. uh, Magma had a change of heart. So yay. And that's another good, cool. Like that's how we discovered RJ is yeah. when Magna saw him. Right. And so kind of our heart softened. Oh my God, there's Rick's little baby yeah. and her at the same time that hers did. And I really liked how that played out, even though it was a totally dumb plan. I loved that she just gave it up right away, went and came clean with Michonne and said, hey, I, I have done bad things. And Michonne then showed some understanding. Because, you know, this is the kind of thing I preach about a lot on this podcast, but show a little vulnerability yep, and you might get some right back. So that totally worked out well for 
everyone involved. Yep, it did. Agreed. Agreed. That was a good call on your part, Magma. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Judith! I think the actress who plays Judith is adorable, and I like her little Disney mouse voice. She's so cute. But she's I, very good. She is. But here's what I'm worried about. She's running around that house with a handgun. <laughs> and I'm yeah, thinking Rick's big giant oh, python. Like, oh, honey, don't let the kid play with the gun yet. But um she knows how to handle it, so <laughs> Well, Michonne didn't seem too happy that she had it. She didn't. It reminds me of the scene with Carl and Rick at the barn. Because it had been a whole thing about whether Carl should have a gun. Oh, yeah. And then Rick finally decided, in this world, you need one. And as a parent, I could see in the zombie apocalypse, if I knew how to use a gun, teaching my 10-year-old kid how to use it. Absolutely. How old is Nico right now? He's seven. Would you give him a gun? Um... I at, at seven. Yeah, it, there's I a would, zombie apocalypse. You have a gun. You have an extra gun. Do yeah. you? Do you uh, give him a gun? I at seven in the zombie apocalypse. I would teach him how to use a gun, and I would tell him where to get it. But I would tell him, you you can't have this unless I say, or it's a total emergency. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't say you can just carry this around with you. Okay. In okay. the zombie apocalypse, yeah. How about Bodie? Does he get a gun? No. <laughs> no way, man. He'll kill us all. <laughs> How old is Bodie? <laughs> He's going to be two in January. And oh, yeah. he is something else. It's going to be a bloodbath. <laughs> Dude, he's already going to kill us without the gun. <laughs> he's got a big black eye right now. He, he fell down at daycare. Oh. Yeah. He's he all, like this morning. You know, every time I'm resting and I hear him in another room, I'm like, I got, I got to get up, but I just want to have a little rest. And I did that this morning. Then I go in the bathroom and he's got my floss and he just pulled all the floss out of a full <laughs> floss <laughs> thing. And it's laying on the floor and he just looks up at me with his big eyes. What? <laughs> what? I'm oh. almost impressed. Like it never fails. He's always doing something bad. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Nico gets a gun, Booty yeah, does not. not. <laughs> Anyways, Check. where were we? So, new, new All characters. Right. So, um, so, the new Judith is wonderful. And, and Henry, um, the thing I like about Henry, he was actually kind of a typical sort of annoying teenager. But the interesting thing about Henry, and oh. you probably already know this, is that he is the older sibling of the kid who played young Henry. Mm-hmm. And he's Maxon, and his name is I forgot Matt. Matt, I think. And his sister is Sophia, the the actress who played Sophia Carol's daughter. What yeah. full Madison. circle? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I feel sorry for Maxon. It's like, oh, you're out. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, kid. No, Young there's Henry. probably a part for him later on somewhere. Maybe. Uh, but all three yeah. siblings, crazy, I right? I didn't think he was annoying. I mean. I think, didn't? No, I think he he saw that the plumbing was broken or whatever. And he did he fix it. rightly said, we need someone who knows how to work with these tools. And Let I think he wants, wants to train. Yeah. And I think that was more about Ezekiel being a, a, a worried father. Overprotective, yeah. yeah. I did dig that scene where Ezekiel said, you need to have a better tone with me. And he looked scary. And then... 
uh, I almost called him Matt, but uh, Henry was like, yes, sir. You know, he yeah. totally fell into line and has respect for Ezekiel. So no, I just thought it was a nice dynamic. Okay. Then how did you feel when uh, Henry went charging into the obvious trap just charging right over anytime you happen to be passing by in your in your little wagon uh and you hear some you hear a young uh lady yell help 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 it's obviously a trap dude no so, yes it was a trap lots of people who needed help that it wasn't a trap in this show oh, on a regular a basis. It was such a, trap, a trap, but it's not always a trap. I knew it was a trap. I, you don't yell in the zombie apocalypse. You never yell because you're just going to attract more zombies. Oh, man. Come on. Let's go through all the episodes and see how many times <laughs> we've seen people in trouble yelling. Yes. Yeah, true. I, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not. But. I don't know. It Anyways. seems like I was like, oh, Henry, that is such a trap. Stop that. <laughs> but then. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, and then. um. I thought it was actually kind of a dumb plot development where, okay, we need to figure out a way to get Henry pissed off so he'll attack Jed, the asshole savior guy. So yeah. we have Jed steal uh, Carol's, Carol's wedding ring. ring. Who yeah. gives a shit about a ring? I mean, I guess he did it just to piss her off because yeah. rings are not worth anything in the zombie no. aside from sentimental no. value. And I suppose a diamond can cut things. Yeah, I don't know. I Anyway, I dug. I like Henry. He's cool. Okay, good. You're a Henry defender. Good to know. All right. What's your number whatever? Okay. Before I get into my number whatever, let's get to our first sponsor. <laughs> and I've been actually wondering if you would like to be transplanted into a post-nuclear apocalyptic reality fighting for your survival. Does that sound fun? Sure. Why wouldn't it? <laughs> well, if you would, then you should play Fallout 76, which is where support for today's show comes from it's from bethesda game studios they're the award-winning creators of skyrim and fallout 4 which are two awesome standout games of the past you know uh -huh. decade or so uh they welcome you to fallout 76 which is the online prequel where every surviving human is a real person which is something different for the fallout Ooh, series cool you can work together or not to survive under the threat of nuclear annihilation, you'll experience the largest, <laughs> most dynamic world ever created in the legendary Fallout universe. Reclamation Day 2102, 25 years after the bombs fall, you and your fellow vault dwellers chosen from the nation's best and brightest emerge into post-nuclear America. You can play solo or you can join together as you explore, quest, build, and triumph against the Wasteland's greatest threats. These Fallout games are actually really cool. It's just a whole post-apocalyptic nuclear radiated world, but they have a kind of a retro feel. There's a lot of attention to detail in the aesthetic of the world, and there's just little, you know, it's the kind of game where you go around and see little tiny details that give hints as to how the fall of humanity happened. And yeah. Things like that. That so. sounds perfect for you. Yeah, no, it's great. I, I can't believe I've actually never played a Fallout game. I've watched, um, you know, Doug Doug Hill. Uh -huh. He he played through Fallout Four, and I watched a lot of that, and it was really exciting. And fight these radioactive mutants. And yeah, it's just. Uh, but my, I like the games where you can tell that there's a lot of attention to detail in the story, and it's like that too. You can tell there's a lot of love put into the game. Right, right. 
So this game is not out yet, but Fallout 76 will be available worldwide on Wednesday, November 14th. So that's coming up really quick. You can pre-order now at participating retailers and play the beta. Games play best on Xbox One. Cool. Thank you, Fallout. Thanks, Fallout. Okay, uh, my number three is about the new characters. So let's see what we haven't talked about yet. Uh, there, I, I thought it was interesting that there's now a Gracie and an RJ because we know a Gracie <laughs> and an RJ. We do, indeed. I don't think there's ever been a Jason. There no, was but a Karen. Karen and David both got slaughtered. Carol burnt her up. <laughs> <laughs> Still love Carol. Uh, Magna, I thought it was an interesting character. I mean, if you're going to have a group these days that has been out on their own for so long, I'm glad that Walking Dead finally bucked what they typically do, which is they have new characters. They're either just bad, evil people, or they're people who have somehow escaped having to deal with a zombie apocalypse and don't know how to kill zombies. Right. These guys seem pretty capable. Yeah, and they seem like they've um, seen a couple of bad groups. Mm -hmm. Yes, Mm -hmm. right, which makes sense. Yeah. And Magna, I mean, it's interesting that she has that prison tattoo, which means that something potentially went down before the zombie apocalypse. But either way, I like that she has had to do some bad things to survive just like everybody else. And, you know, that seemed a little more realistic. She she looked a little bit too model-y to me. Yeah. (laughs) But maybe that's just a superficial complaint. I don't know. Yeah. I, I liked her acting, so. But my favorite one was Luke. Oh, yes. And we've seen him in something else, haven't we? He's been in something else, that actor. Yeah, I forget what, but he he was just good. He seemed yeah. like a good guy. He used to be a music teacher, and he still considers himself a music teacher. He can which make I thought was charming. Osabuka, right? <laughs> yeah, he's like he reminds me a little bit of Gail Bedecker from Yes, Breaking yeah, Down. yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, yeah. And, and Eugene is like, no, Stu, yeah, feeds more people. <laughs> <laughs> Connie and Kelly were great. I, do you, are they uh, a couple or friends? I think they're sisters. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I, I, I believe that. I believe they're siblings. And she, Kelly, used to be a journalist who exposed sleazeball politicians, which is See. cool. See, yeah, exactly. And, and Connie was um, in high school. And Yumiko, we don't. And now she's grown up, which makes sense. Yumiko. Yep. Uh, was injured, so we really don't know too don't much know about much her. Don't know much about right? yeah. So we'll find out, I'm sure. Um, what else? And then sort of related to this is, uh, I guess it was Gabriel who asked three questions, but they weren't the typical, how many walkers have you killed? Yeah. How many people? Why? Which I always thought was not that interesting. Now it's, who were you? Who are you now? What did you do to survive? What do you, I like those questions better. I do too. Yeah. yeah I, a little more revealing. Who were you? Who are you now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Except their answers for who are they now, I'm like, oh, who is anybody now? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm a zombie fighter. Right. We're all <laughs> just zombie fighters, right? <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, there's right. there's yeah. nobody who's like, I'm a dentist. I suppose that there probably is somebody in... Uh, Alexandria, who is a dentist, maybe Sadiq is like also a dentist, but um, yeah, I mean they're they're all just sort of scrapping to survive. But I did like the I think those are better questions. Yes. What would you say? Who were you? Who was I? I was water conservation specialist and also occasionally a podcaster. 
Who am who I now? now? Uh, uh, well, now I'm a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> <Rawr>. <laughs> what did you do to survive? I, did you die here? The answer to my last, the last question. <laughs> I got bit right away. <laughs> yeah. Next question. I figured that was the best thing, and now I'm in this tree. <laughs> Can you Blue pick bird. these worms out, please? <laughs> I'm basically a bird feeder now. Are you happy? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we could use a few of those. What's your number two? Okay. So my number two, uh, we've already talked about a little bit, is um, Carol. And I I really liked uh, many parts of Carol in this episode. She's um, a badass now. She has a bow and arrow, uh, which is kind of great mm-hmm. because it's sort Daryl of... Did Daryl teach her that? Yeah. That kind of made Probably me hope. think that it sort of riffs a little bit on um, on Daryl. Although Daryl has a crossbow, she's got a bow and arrow, and um, it's kind of great. She knows that, um, you know, revenge is a dish best served cold, so she waited for her moment. Well, and hot, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. In fact, a dish best served during a barbecue. Uh, yeah, I, I was. Um, I, I think it's brutal what she did to those to those saviors and um, burn them alive. Basically, yeah. they, they stole from her. And well, they hurt her son. That's what she said. They, they pushed him. him over. I mean, I know. Yeah, they, I mean, maybe you could say, well there uh she wanted to just prevent any future threats but it really did seem more like it was a revenge thing yeah yeah i mean that's that's cold man uh (laughs) and by cold i mean exactly the opposite i think it's funny also that the saviors did not wake up when she was dousing them with gasoline i know and speechifying but okay they had to i suppose maybe they were um they had so much horse meat to eat that night that they were in like a food coma Slumberland. Right. Exactly. And I also think it's funny that the that these saviors trained um the zombies to pull their wagon. <laughs> it's really funny, right? Yeah. You have to it's very clever. You they have ate to their horses. They <laughs> ate their horses and then they used zombies to pull their wagon. I'm yeah. like, that is smart. I mean, that's typical savior stuff. They put the zombies to work. I have never seen them do that kind of thing. No. And that's that true. is fabulous. Yeah. But there's another thing that, like, this guy Jed, he didn't seem like it was six years later. It seemed like it was maybe a year later, a few months, you know. Oh, yeah, Carol, I remember you helped me out six years ago. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You've been out there for six years just waiting for this moment. Right. They're dirty, so that's something. Yeah, that is something. I guess they had a lot of horses. Yeah. Well, speaking of, uh, let's see, Carol and, and I feel like Michonne had a connection this episode because it's about, you know, how motherhood has affected them. And yes. I think a big part of Michonne's hardness, aside from this mystery event that happened, is, you know, she's talking to Ghost Rick. I saw what you did to protect him, how nothing else mattered but him, and I need to be that now for them. So she's being extra cautious because she has kids to look after and she lost her son originally. So like Carol, so, uh, you know, it makes sense that she, her number one priority is making sure they're safe. Yes. Right. Right. And Carol, she, she (laughs) lost Sophia and now, now she's 
after a very complicated relationship with children over the course of this series, which is great because that's her arc, really. It's about her relationship with children. Mm -hmm. She's allowed herself to open up to a a new adoptive son and take care of him and accept him into her heart. And now this guy fucks with him. And I think that really just like, you you know, I'm not losing another child. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, that's probably it, but. Um, still burning no. people alive is yeah. brutal. Well, that's what we're supposed to think. Like, you know, that's what walking did. Oh, look, Rick just bit that guy's throat out. Like, oh my God, now he <laughs> wants to go into a hospital and kill everyone that he doesn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's a hard, it's a hard world. Okay. Yeah. Got it, walking dead. <laughs> uh, so Michonne, in the beginning, she's talking to, ghost Rick or, you know, just talking to Rick and it was pretty vague. She's talking about being surrounded by darkness, desperate for anything that might show her the way and trying to find where she belongs and trying to look ahead for a better future. But the path is dark. And I'm like, well, but what is, uh, what exactly does all that mean? Like you're in a nice community and Things seem to be going okay. It just sounds like personal angst that we all get sometimes, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, my life is good, but I'm not happy. That kind of a thing. Maybe. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know either. But I think it has something to do with with what happened, whatever happened. And that's why she's extra grumpy. Mm -hmm. And she, at first I thought, oh, really? She knew that Magna had a knife hidden and let her keep it until the meeting. But I think she did that on purpose to make it so that she, the vote would go her way because she could reveal it in front of everyone. Yes. Right. But it was still a little bit of a dangerous move because what if Magna would have like killed a few people in the meantime? (laughs) It was a a tiny little knife. That's Um, true. Yeah. Yeah. And I, but on the other hand, who knows if anybody else had any weapons they could have fought back, but um, I thought, wow, that's a clever belt buckle slash knife. But now what's going to hold your pants up? What? What? <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I also, week, no pants. I, <laughs> I also love that Magna asks Michonne, can I ask you a question? And Michonne's like, no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I wouldn't, I mean, I'm glad that they even addressed this in a show. Like Aaron said, well, just because she went to prison doesn't necessarily mean we shouldn't let her in. Yeah. And yeah, it's like, yeah, let's hear her story. I mean, for yeah. one thing, she's with these other people who seem like good people. So yep. what do they say about her? You know, I want right. to know that. Right. Exactly. Maybe she paid her dues. But in the end, like, yeah, it was funny because I'm like, oh, Magna kind of went over Michonne. And then Michonne's like, oh, OK. She rides up at the end. And I'm, I expect her to say, we'll give you a chance. But she's like, maybe they'll take you at Hilltop. <laughs> <laughs> She's a little bit like pawning it off or problems <laughs> off on somebody else. I thought that too. I'm like, oh, good. Oh, They're nice. going to be able to stay. Right. No, nope, you're going to Hilltop. Good luck with that. Right. It's like if somebody comes here to my house, some like ex-con and I need a place to stay. And I'm like, let me take you over to the neighbors. Yeah. they got. I hear they have great food. <laughs> <laughs> oh, They're right so over nice there. That's of you. Uh, but anyway, that's Michonne. And now Carol, like she... She seems happier than ever. Uh, yes. She's smiling at flowers and everything. And <laughs> saying the world could use a few more dreamers. And I think Ezekiel actually woke that up in her. That's why she admires him. Yeah. They balance each other out really well. They do. And uh, 
she sees that flower and it reminds me of her history of flowers. I don't know if we ever, if I ever thought of this before, but the whole look at the flowers thing is actually a continuation of her history of flowers because the first one was the Cherokee rose that yes. represented hope that Sophia was still out there. So they keep Aww. bringing up flowers in relationship with Carol. Daryl got, got her that. Remember? Yeah, I remember that. Hmm. Touching. Uh, anyway, so then even with other characters, uh, being a parent is at play. Aaron has kept this adopted daughter, and that's Gracie. Yes. I'm excited is, about that. Me too. And then I mentioned before, Ezekiel is feeling a bit of angst at letting Henry go off to um, train. Yes. What do you call it when you're in high school and you don't go on the academic track, but it's the... Oh, to the trade school? Yeah, it's kind of like and he's maybe going off to trade school. He's going off to be an apprentice. Mm-hmm. It's so old-timey and delightful. Mm-hmm. I love it. But um, Carol didn't take them there. Yeah. Where, where did she go? I guess go? we don't know. Because then they saw Daryl, and I don't, I didn't, I didn't, it didn't seem like That Darryl was the purpose? Was, yeah. That, I think that was a coincidence, but I don't know. I don't know either. She was taking him somewhere and- She's going to kill him. Mm, that's probably it. <laughs> Look at the flower, Henry. <laughs> no hopefully we'll find out next week yeah i think so all right what's your number one all right so my number one really was um was michonne but we already we already spoke about michonne so i'm gonna give you um uh, an alternate which was one of my notes uh which is a very small quibble but i'd love to get your take on it Mm. at the very beginning during michonne's voice over daryl catches a fish um, which is nice. Look at that. A fish on a spear, fish on a stick, a fish stick. <laughs> and then the walker pops up and what he does, I don't know if you if you caught this, he breaks the spear and he stabs the walker in the head and then it, with one half of the spear and then with the other half of the spear, he stabs the walker in the heart in the process, losing the fish and ruining the spear. So I suppose you could now say, well, that's great. Now Daryl has two short spears. So (laughs) bravo. But you don't have a fish and you don't need to stab walkers in the heart. So I was I watched it and then I watched it again. I was like, wait, what just happened there? What did he do there? Um, So that's it. (laughs) Yeah, I'd have to go back and watch again. But it reminds me of. This panel that I did at Walker Stalker Atlanta for Fear the Walking Dead, and one of the characters on the show is, is the actress Kevin Zeggers. He was a villain on Fear recently, and he also was in Zack Snyder's 2004 remake of Dawn of the Dead. Uh huh. And so I asked him, you know, did they just like, you know, get, did your relationship with zombies have something to do with you getting this role? And he's like, he just started talking about, you know, oh, when I came on to fear, yeah, I was, I'm used to zombies. It was like no big deal. And, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, well, and these zombies aren't even fast because in, uh, Dawn of the Dead, they run really fast. Yes. And he's like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, these guys aren't a problem. Just start walking the other way. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. And that's he, what I, yeah, yes. Like, he could have pushed him back in the water. He's like, oh, for God's yeah. sake. Push them in the water. Just like walk walk away. That was that'd be my advice. Yes. Walk away. Eat your fish. Eat your fish. Take (laughs) that. You have a you have a fish stick. (laughs) Eat your damn fish. (laughs) Yeah. So okay. (laughs) 
My, that's what I think. I think you're right. <laughs> I agree. It was weird. So my number one is uh, is Judith and Negan and Judith. Yeah. And I actually dug that scene. Yeah. Her talking to him through the little speak hole. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? Um, I thought for one thing, I thought, wow, his hair is shorter. And two, he seems happy. Uh, and three, look at uh, Judith giving him the business. He's happy to be talking to somebody. Yes. Uh, but yeah, he's more, um, he's got his shit together more than he did last time we saw him, which was six years ago. So, And I don't trust him any more than I can throw him. And uh-huh. he's asking Judith, he's clearly uh, looking for some information about, you know, tell me about some real world problems that are happening oh, here. Oh, yeah. So I was Good like, point. Oh, yeah. he's trying to find out, you know, what are the weaknesses? <laughs> What's going on here? Is there a chance that he's, well, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Totally so, a different guy? No, well, not a chance. I mean, uh, harmless, I guess. No. That's what I'm going to say. No. Does he he's still have always arms trying to find and, an angle to. Does he have arms and legs and eyes and a mouth? <laughs> yeah. So if they just chop off his arms and legs, scoop out his <laughs> eyes. I thought about. Duct tape his mouth together. I actually thought, well, what if they cut off his tongue? Would that work? Like, Maybe then he that wouldn't would have help. to hear him. But then I thought, that's uncharitable i thought it was cute and i'm glad because i think your uh distaste for negan has rubbed off on me a little bit sometimes <laughs> when i see sorry i'm like oh god this guy but it was different it was maybe it was just because it was a little different and i think judith the actress is great and i liked that she's going to him to talk about whether you know when he asks for real world problems then she says i want to help these people and he's against that he go, he tells her the story about the his the dog that killed all the other dogs and chewed his mom's ear off and basically the moral of that story is don't help people and then judith just kind of shuts him down yep like okay well i just want math to talk math with you and he's like why and she goes because it doesn't matter if you're a good or a bad person on the inside the numbers don't care and i i've thought what does that mean well it basically means you know negan even if you're a total uh bad person i can still learn from you about math because that doesn't doesn't matter right but but clearly you're not gonna help me so i'm i'm outie Clearly, you're a bad person because you told me what I didn't want to hear, <laughs> even though it's the same thing my mom is saying. <laughs> as far as Judith, aside from that, I'm a little wary because she's got the Carl hat and the python and she's sassy and she's <laughs> precocious and, you mm-hmm. know, she could easily end up being like uh, itchy, scratchy and poochy. You know, <laughs> this new cute character that comes in. Yes. Or Scrappy-Doo or whatever. It was Poochie. You're right. It was Poochie. Well, I, yeah, but on Scooby-Doo, it was oh, Scrappy-Doo yeah. came in. Yeah. Or Cousin Oliver. Yeah, exactly like that. Yep. And and uh, so I think they really need to make sure to keep her grounded. And I yes. think she has the acting chops to do it, but they just have to creatively be aware that she could come off as this scrappy new young cute little character that's so cute (laughs) (laughs) right oh my god cousin oliver yeah it (sighs) just felt a little bit too much like that at times the second time i watched it i i think i appreciated her character more but um i'm just a little wary of that yep okay any other notes nope 
I have a few. No Lauren Cohan or Andrew Lincoln in the credits. Weird. Norman Reese gets top billing. Yeah. Reminded me that only Carol and Daryl are the only characters that were there from the beginning. Wow, that's weird. Carol didn't get top billing? Melissa nope. McBride? Reedus. I think McBride may have been second. I'm not sure. If you compare their lines and their screen time, she... I, my guess is it's a combination of them trying to figure out who is more has more of a fandom and also sexism. I think that both of those are probably involved yeah, in why he makes more true. money and gets top billing. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think Norman Reedus definitely has a still has a huge fandom, but so does Melissa McBride. So maybe you're right. Maybe she yep. should be get top billing. I think she's the better actor, to be honest. She definitely has more lines. <laughs> yeah. This episode, he I don't think he got it. Just for spearing that fish and then looking at Carol at the end, he got Norman Reedus got $350,000. <laughs> yes. <I don't> <laughs> oh. <laughs> He'll get more to do, obviously. If he's got top billing, I think they got plans for Daryl, I would imagine. He also, I mean, he's had a lot to say this season up until this episode. He had to look at the CGI bird. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yeah, when he looked up at that bird, that was $50,000 right there. (laughs) It's probably true. (laughs) Last thing is there's a couple, Rosita and Gabriel. What did you think of that? I loved it. Mm -hmm. I loved it. I'm in for that. Um, I love how Father Gabriel looked at her when she left. Like, he adores her. And um, I thought, yeah, what, what? Um, what person doesn't want to be looked at like that? It's kind of <laughs> nice. So, yeah, I thought it was great. And I thought it was very, very sad that Eugene is clearly in love with I her. Know. But she's He's like, like, there's something I've been holding back. Don't I mean, make it weird. So don't make it weird. I, I mean, it's got to be, I love you, right? Well, I mean, I, I, I still think Eugene's dialogue is pretty stupid. But um, I liked when he said, machete wielding men of the cloth with zero depth perception aren't exactly a dime a dozen. I'll give you that. <laughs> Yes. Yes. And and he also thinks that he's superior because he's a man of science versus <laughs> right. a, a man of the, the, whatever he said. Yeah, that was that was yes. funny. And I'm on board with Rosita and Gabriel in part because they had some meaningful connection earlier in the series when she I think it was when she was considering trying to kill Negan and they had a yeah. couple of moments of connection there. Still I don't know. She it it just feels weird in a in a when um when they haven't laid the groundwork, yeah, it's very I guess jarring. That's what it is. Yeah. When they haven't laid the groundwork, it's very jarring when all of a sudden you're introduced to the middle of their relationship. All yeah. of a sudden there it's all about smoochie. Yeah. When you haven't when you haven't seen them um make googie eyes at each other before. It's it's I, jarring. I, yeah. I even feel that way a little bit with Ezekiel and Carol, too. Not totally, though. Oh, but, they laid the groundwork for that, though. They had their sweet little moment in yeah, the garden that's true, yeah. at the very oh, beginning, yeah. and they paved the way for that. Um, but this is like, whoa. On the other hand, um, now that I've gotten used to it, because uh, I, I thought there was something, like, I thought they had good chemistry. That's all. Good chemistry. Yeah, they always have. So yeah. that's great. Yeah. All right. Let's take a little break. There's more to come. Stay with us. I looked in the for the first time and saw that hey, hey, I am not my head, I am not this thing. 
don't know, it looks crazy. I like it. I might do that. Uh, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> Obvious threat to untold numbers of citizens. The people he kills get up and kill. Are they slow moving, Chief? Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. This is a Walking Dead cast news update. I don't know if you know this, but that's bad news. Uh, yep. Stan Lee yeah. died today. He yep. was 95. Uh, apparently, I... they don't know how, how yet or it hasn't been publicized. A great life and yeah. a, uh, a, a really amazing life, an amazing person. And um, it's sad for the it, world. It is, yeah. Uh, so Stan, what stands out about him to me is just the fact that he co-created Spider-Man, who's my favorite comic book character, one of my favorite characters of any kind. Yeah. He also co-created the X-Men, Iron Man, Fantastic yeah. Four, the Hulk. Just Black really, Panther. Yeah, he just had a giant impact on pop culture in America yeah. and around the world. So it's pretty pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, it's pretty new too. I, I we just found out a couple hours ago, right? Yeah. As we're recording, I this. think it was today as we're recording. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Next, Entertainment Weekly uh, inter- interviewed Angela Kang. I'll just read a couple. They say this episode marks the show's most abrupt change yet in a lot of respects. What was it like embarking on this new chapter with new stories, new characters, and new looks? She says, it was a lot of fun, but also it's very daunting. Rick's departure was so huge that episode six was almost like piloting a whole new show while still trying to keep the DNA of the show that we've been watching for so many years. I know all the actors had such a great time just collaborating on the looks and the hair. We had conversations (laughs) about like, well, let's talk about what this character looks like six years in the future. So about Carol's hair, she says, Melissa, at first we were going to keep her hair short, but she was like, you know, it'd be really interesting to have her grow her hair long. There's a whole story behind why Carol has short hair, and we actually have a scene that speaks to that at some point in the season. It's part of the backstory of Carol and why she has short hair, why she had short hair in her marriage. Oh. It really shows where that character is at with her state of happiness. She's at a place where she feels safe and at peace, and that's reflected in the hair. That's really was very driven by Melissa's feelings about where the character was, etc. So um, maybe... Ed used to pull her hair or something. Oh, you know? so fascinating. So she, now she's in a time where she feels safe and she can grow her hair out. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And then if Ezekiel ever even thinks about pulling it during sex, she's like, get away. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even. <laughs> not even for fun honey no, it's just don't go there all right <laughs> okay next um Enter- entertainment weekly also interviewed josh mcdermott i thought it was funny they say what are your thoughts on the new hair he goes i like it man it's allowed me to kind of have a normal haircut instead of just always having a mullet and having <laughs> to throw a hat on i have the option of doing my hair so that i'm not at a restaurant and have people going like does he know about his haircut or should we tell him <laughs> <laughs> So that is it's funny. Yeah. Uh, they say, so what, what do you make of the whole Eugene Rosita Gabriel love triangle? He goes, I've thought a lot about it. I wonder if Eugene would have professed his love to Rosita had she not been with Gabriel. I do feel like he's kind of using that. He's a little jealous and he's sad by that. And if she wasn't with him, it would be just like the same old thing. But now, and he even says like, I get it. 
that machete-wielding man of cloth with zero depth reception aren't exactly a dime a dozen. He's just trying to cut Gabriel so hard and just say, look, I'm the man you should be with. Wow, that's awesome. So has he been creepily watching them have sex? Yes. He goes, probably. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to say they are or they aren't because Gabriel is a pastor, so I don't know where he stands with that. I guess he said he was Episcopalian and kind of got a little freaky with Jadis. So we'll leave that one alone. But given the opportunity, yes. (laughs) Wow, he got freaky with Jadis. (laughs) (laughs) And then last they say, what was it like filming this episode? Because you just had your big goodbye to Andrew Lincoln and Lauren Cohan. And then you get all these newcomers showing up. What was the mood on set like for 906? He says, it felt like the same old show that we've been doing forever. I mean, Andy wasn't in every scene, so it didn't necessarily hit us that he was gone yet. Obviously, Yeah. Obviously, the the same with us, probably, right? Yes. You could easily go a couple episodes without much Rick, but maybe once we get to five or six down the road, we'll be like, oh, He hasn't been in it for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, the night before, we had our goodbyes to him in episode five, where he spoke to the crew and everything, but we still have more work to do, and I think that's a testament to Andy and John Bernthal, Sarah Wayne Kelly's, and Melissa, and Steven, and Norman, and all these people who built the show from episode one. It's like Andy is gone, but he wasn't. His fingerprints are all over this thing, and that's just how things are done around here. And so it's our job to, now to show the new people that this is how we do things around here and not let that slip away. And I don't think it has. I think it's still very much the same show it's always been. That's nice to hear. I was wondering about that because, you know, you always hear how Andrew Lincoln was really set the tone on the set. Yep. Yep. Speaking of that, I forgot to ask you. So what do you think about these movies coming up? It depends. I mean, uh, I guess AMC is releasing them and they're going to be standalone movies on the AMC network. Is that how it's going to work? Yeah. uh, That's uh, Gimple said probably they will be on AMC. I I guess. I don't know if that's not been settled or whatever, but he also said they're feature more like features. So they'll take a long time to film and have bigger budgets. They could be great. Or they could be uh, duds. Um, I'm hoping that they're great. I'll watch. Of course I'll watch. Of course. But me too. I feel exactly the same way. The the big thing that keeps me from being fully on board is just wondering why Rick doesn't come back to Judith and Michonne. (laughs) And uh, it's a resort. But I mean, I guess if he's overseas, that could be like, you know, back at Andrew Lincoln's pad in England or something. Air travel is air travel is difficult. Yeah. I mean, they, I know they have a helicopter, but um, maybe the helicopter died after he got delivered yeah. to wherever. Maybe the helicopter crashed and he's actually dead. Uh, even, Just kidding. Yeah, yeah the first five minutes. <laughs> e- that would be funny. Even if he's overseas, though, I still feel like yeah, six years later, Rick would have found a way to get back. Amnesia. Oh, God, no. If it's amnesia, as soon as they reveal it's amnesia, I'm shutting down the podcast. He's been in a coma in a hospital this entire time. Oh, I also love when his old coma self was talking to his current day self, calling himself an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. Okay. This last one you're going to love. So as we know, Greg Nicotero likes to do zombie tributes in The Walking Dead, kind of recreate zombie scenarios. 
And I really did think the cabin from last week's episode <gasps> with the deer head on the wall was yes. probably a tribute. Well, here's confirmation because if you freeze frame one scene, you'll see that on the floor next to a handgun was the Necronomicon. No yep. way. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so we need some deadites. That's that'll li- liven up the show. Get Bruce Campbell. <laughs> Dead by Don. Yeah. Dead by Don. Smaller so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That is it for the news. Let's move on to listener moans, groans, grunts. Uh- <laughs> Okay, this first one comes from Murphy O'Connor, who writes, The loss of Jesse has finally taken its toll on the survivors. Apparently, she was the last barber in the apocalypse. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Pake Allen says, I'm so happy that the show is incredible again. I absolutely loved every second of this episode. With the time jump, it legitimately felt like another pilot episode. It's a brand new beginning and so fresh. Love the stuff adapted from the comics. Totally love the new group. Magna is perfectly casted. Already like her better than comic Magna. And Kelly might be a new favorite character already. At least she's up there. Really like her. Negan was awesome in this episode, but what a burn on him from Judith. And how'd that all work out for you? Huh? Loser. (laughs) In jail. (laughs) Spit on him. Walk away. (laughs) Lastly, the scene with Michonne. And the kids at the house broke me down to tears. RJ, I couldn't handle it. And Judith talking about making her brother and dad proud and being okay with Michonne, quote, speaking with them, though she's already forgetting their voices. Emotion City, man. Yeah, I like that. Because I, I know that feeling like you forgot someone's voice, which is why I try to make it a point to take my kids every once in a while. Do you really? So I can, I mean, I know that's more of a literal reading of it. Yeah. But just so, yeah, we'll be Aww. able to hear them later down the road. Yeah. No, I totally get that. Little kid voices too. There's yeah, very right. few things that are cuter than little kid voices. <laughs> oh my goodness. Michael Darwin writes, the more things change, the more people Carol burns alive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true. You know what? She's burned other She's people alive. of that. Yeah. How could I have forgotten that she actually burned? What, didn't namesake. she burn care? Yes. Yeah. Burnt her up like a crisp to a crisp. <laughs> a Carol barbecue. Fantastic episode, I thought. The newcomers turned the tables on our cast, acting much as Rick's crew did when they were first brought to Alexandria. And any fear of losing comic storylines have been assuaged. They did a nice mix-up of characters taking over the roles that they departed, something I'm sure you'll cover in Comic Talk. And is it just me, or did Michonne's son have Shane's ears? (laughs) Just you, Michael. (laughs) (laughs) How's that possible? Joey Poole says, I love that they introduced a deaf character. Yep. Yep. Fran Bernstein says, I have a feeling that Michonne knows that Rick isn't dead. There's no gravesite, and the way she was talking to him at random places makes me feel like she was sad um, he was gone but knows he is out there just a thought that if that makes sense and where was Tara and and um, Jesus can't wait to hear your thoughts um, yeah. Tara and Jesus were at Hilltop I could see Jesus being there maybe Tara too yeah we didn't see Oceanside Tara could be there yeah what what group did she affiliate with mostly well, Alexandrians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just but, wondering like where she was living most. Yeah, I think Alexandria, but I don't know. Yeah. I was wondering about Dwight, too. It's six years later. Did he ever come back or not? No. 
he and he and his uh his wife uh got reunited in my head. Sherry. Yeah. Sherry. Sherry. <laughs> Kristen Howe says seeing as Michonne doesn't handle loss very well, see boyfriend Walker Pets. <laughs> Would that X be her way of remembering Rick with his wound? Isn't that where he was punctured? I don't know how she would know that. Seem Well, she saw him with a big red spot, maybe. I don't know. Seems something terrible happened in the six years we missed. The groups are fractured. Daryl is off on his own, counting his $90 million to spear a fish and look grumpy. (laughs) (laughs) Michonne is cold. Everyone's afraid of her. I can't wait to find out what is happening. I agree. Yeah, me too. I'm pretty solidly over on your side of the fence at this point, I would say. Nice. I'm glad I pulled you over. It's just that thematic thing gets me, but otherwise, yeah. Grass is greener over here, pal. (laughs) Julian Morrow says, great episode again. Uh, Karen, I cannot wait to hear how you felt about these recent episodes. I've missed your voice, your laugh, and your insight. Thanks, Julian. Um, Yeah. I just spewed it all out there. (laughs) Yeah, go listen from the beginning. <laughs> Press rewind. <laughs> Mary from Kansas. It, she she had some things to say about a few different car- uh, characters. These are the ones I picked. Daryl, what can I say? I long to lock him up with a razor and shampoo. <laughs> Good luck. Everyone else has cleaned up from time to time. Is it so much to ask? Apparently. <laughs> Father Gabriel, I find him strangely asexual. So him being with Rosita is as disturbing as was Anne slash Jadis. But I guess whatever works, opposites attract, I suppose. And then she says, could Enid be in charge at Hilltop? Super curious. Yeah, I can't wait to see how they're going to age her up. Yeah, because it's got to be it's going to be six years to to Enid. She'll have a different haircut, I guess. Glasses. (laughs) She'll she'll be talking about how her back hurts. Yeah, her (laughs) voice will be real low. <laughs> I like the more more and more I like Enid and uh Caitlin Nacon. Do you think do you think Enid is uh somehow a spy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That's what they're gonna they'll just uh, offhandedly someone will be like, I can't believe Enid was a spy. And that's the whole all time. That's, that's it. Say. That's yeah. how they wrap up her story. I love it. <laughs> Morgan's uh, Scalf says, overall, I thought it was a really well-written, directed, and acted episode. My problem is I will always be wondering, but what is Rick Grimes doing until I see those dang movies? But this episode impressed me big time. Having a yeah, time. I agree. Kara McCullough <laughs> says, is it just me or did you find yourself staring at Aaron's arm? I want to see what they did with it since Enid cut it off. He has a prosthetic. Yeah, he, it's like the Terminator. It's uh-huh. like a Terminator arm. It's super cool looking. He he looks like Rick in the comic. Rick had short hair, oh, really? a big bushy beard, and a prosthetic arm. Yeah. Wow. So it's really interesting that they put that over on Aaron now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad we still have Aaron. And now he's got <laughs> a little girl. Yeah, I'm glad we still have Aaron too. Um, Jennifer Throne says, I love the slower pace, allowing us to care about the characters and bond with them again. So happy for that scene with Carol, too. She's my hero. <laughs> I like that appreciation of, of a slower pace for character development. If yep. done well, it, it's really good. Agreed. Megan Dively Layman says, could Michonne's scar be from organ donation, like maybe a kidney? Ooh. But do they make an X? It looked more like a brand or something. It did. It looked like a brand. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That was... A, and did... Yeah. Yeah. It would be oh, a slit, you think, if it was... 
an organ thing. That seems like a, a, a large um, scar from a kidney donation too, but maybe. Mm, okay. Yeah. Can they do organ donations in the zombie apocalypse? Well, it seems Enid, like she's learning. Yeah, I guess so. You're right. She's probably up to organ donations <laughs> by now. Yeah. It's been six years. <laughs> Will uh, uh, Schlitzy says, I feel like so much of the plot has been driven by meta reasons than in service of the story. Losing Carl, Rick, Maggie, the stories were written around the characters leaving. It actors. feels dis- Sorry, actors leaving. It feels disjointed, unnatural, and forced. And again with the time jump, to after something big happened that Rick, uh, that everyone alludes to, um, but we're left guessing as to what it was. It's the same garbage that ruined Fear the Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah, Will, you have you have some good points. Although um, I enjoy the guessing game, but I really do want to know what happened. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm, you have some good points. I mean, here's what I'll say. Fear, the whole first season, was kind of built around what, because you saw before scenes before something happened and scenes after before and after. And so you're wondering the whole time. And then it was, in my opinion, a hugely unsatisfying revelation. And it was like, what a waste with this one. I don't feel like the whole story is based around this. It's just a nice little mystery that it's important, but it's not. Yeah. The whole story doesn't necessarily hinge on it. Hopefully, you know, yeah, like, like I, it, it, the show doesn't depend on this being a good outcome. It's just a small part of the overall tapestry of the show. <clears throat> so hopefully, yes, yeah. I know what you mean though about um the the um the actors leaving. Did, yeah, did, that's true. Yeah. Um, can I ask a question? You can cut this out if yeah, yeah, need yeah. be. Did Maggie leave? Well, uh, she's not there. And her name is not in the credits, Lauren Cohan. Right. You said her name wasn't in the credits, and he just said Maggie left. We All we know is Maggie was, uh, last episode, she went down to kill Negan and decided not to. Yeah, and spared him. And now it's six years later, and Lauren Cohan's name's not in the credits. And no, Okay, that's what we, we know. Okay. We haven't seen her yet, but okay. we haven't been to Hillcop, uh, Hilltop. And where the hill cops are to protect it. <laughs> and uh, we somebody did say her in reference to the leader at Hilltop uh, in this episode. Right. But maybe that's Enid. Yeah. Yeah. Or Tara. T. Marie 3 says, I can't deal with Carol's hair. <laughs> <laughs> it is long. It is long flowing in silver. I kind of dig it. Leland Albertson says, jumping the shark. <laughs> And she reminds me of Gandalf a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. And then Mofevo has a bunch of points and questions that I thought we'd, we'd talk about briefly. So she goes, one, any concern about a bluebird feeding worms that fed on sickos to their newborn? Yes. Are we going to have undead bluebirds? Yes. I hope so. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yes. That'd be cool. But I doubt it. Two, where is Maggie? Who is the she in charge of Hilltop? Exactly. Yeah, Maggie went to live with Georgie, and she is Enid. That's why. <laughs> Cruising around the country, <laughs> three, spreading the gospel. Three, what was in Eugene's pack that fell? Do you assume the talking sickos salvaged it? Did he boost their signals? Yeah, I thought, okay, I was a little confused, but I guess what they went out to do was somehow um, increase their radio communication radius in hopes of contacting new people. 
I guess. Seems and, like a bad idea, but okay. <laughs> and maybe it was, well, so you agree with Negan. Okay, that's good to know. So. <laughs> oh, no, I uh, we had this whole conversation. Do you what? do you think that it's a great idea to broadcast signals into outer space to um, uh, tell people that we're here and um, hey, everybody in the universe, we're here, we're here, here's some music that we like. Yeah, it's a terrible idea. Yeah, I guess you're right. Same same, same idea. That's what Negan says too. <laughs> 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 I'm just keep we're besties that. oh yeah that's what Negan said just kidding uh <laughs> next who i think it was radio equipment but i'm not sure mo favo four who else is anxious to see michonne's quote security <laughs> protocols how sad are you that everyone is referencing those instead of community charter yeah yeah S- something bad happened and by the way the security protocols weren't that good if um uh magna was able to just waltz over and come over with a knife to Michonne's pad. Uh, I know. I mean, it seems like that their own little community is actually doing great. It's just the larger uniting of the communities because they have a council too. So that's a good sign. And they vote. And supposedly Mm -hmm. it's against the rules to bring strangers in. But if someone breaks the rule, then what happens? Well, you all just vote anyway. So it doesn't seem that severe to me. Yeah. Five love, love, love the math problem discussion. Yeah. (laughs) I, yeah, I like how Negan was like, those planes are going to crash into each other. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> They're heading in opposite directions, dick. <laughs> Six, do we think we will get flashbacks to the dismantlement of Sanctuary Michonne Scar or will it be conveyed through stories? I, I don't know about Sanctuary and the Saviors. Yeah, you'd think they'd come back into it. The, I think we're going to find out. Yeah. And seven, did we see any of the Oceanside characters? Nope. Do we think they're on their own or is that who is running Hilltop? Uh, Yeah, I guess that's what we're going to find out. It feels like it's a fractured, they're all like off on their own, but we'll see. Oh, wait, there's a couple more. Eight, Henry slash Enid sitting in a tree. (laughs) I think Enid's too old. Um, Yeah, I think she's too old for him. Because Carl was like 16 and now oh, yeah. and they were the same age. I think Enid's like 22. And, and how and old is Henry supposed to be? Henry's like 16 now. You know, those uh, things, rules get bent in the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, I guess you're right. In the sure. comic, Andrea was like 19 or something and she was with Dale. <laughs> Oh, oh. (laughs) I always thought was really interesting. Nine, did you like the mullet or long ponytail better? Uh, Eugene, actually lots of long hair Hair and and braiding braiding happening. happening. I like the braid. I'm into the braiding. Everybody's braiding these days. Did you notice all the braids? Yeah. There was braid on Rosita. There was braids on, um, on Judith. And there were braids on Eugene. That's so, nice. They're it's also a braiding thing. Braiding each other's hair. It's so key. Yes, that is exactly what's happening. Ten. What do you think Eugene was going to come clean about to Rosita? That I he love you, stole baby. Her peanut butter bars. And I love you. I stole <laughs> yeah. your peanut butter bars, and I love you. <laughs> and I watched you have sex with Father Gabriel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
11. Can't wait to hear Eugene describe walkers talking to others and whether they will comprehend as well as his analysis of what it means. That's true. Yeah, we're going to hear him talk about that next week. We probably. are definitely going to hear him talk about that. <laughs> okay, and we have a few calls. Here is Anwen. Hi, guys. I think you're going to get a lot of really great feedback about this episode. There's so much to say. So I'm just going to keep mine really simple and do a hair review of <laughs> Season 9, Episode 6 of The Walking Dead. Michonne, yep. Negan, yep. Rosita, yep. Carol, Nah. I mean, it's kind of like quite a cool wise woman, long hair, but I think it makes her look like she's gone a little bit soft around the edges. Uh, Eugene, she hasn't. When I thought it was short, yep. Disturbingly kind of almost a little bit hot when he's slaying all those zombies and I thought he had short hair. But then when I saw the mega mullet plait, hell no. Sadiq, <laughs> hell yes. Oh wait, Carol, now she's suddenly flaying, slaying, burning all of those saviours and she's completely badass again and yep, now I love her hair because she's like <laughs> Eowyn the shield maiden from Lord of the Rings, all grown up and still a total badass and that's my hair review thanks guys, bye <laughs> well played <laughs> hair review, I like it anytime Onwin alright, now we have Steve Brown woo I just loved this episode a lot. This was really good. This was everything uh, I wanted in the change. Um, the only thing I didn't get was how did Michonne know about the tattoo? Is that something we've seen from her before? I don't remember. I don't recall. Is that something that's maybe over the last six years she's found out or discovered? So I uh, can't wait to hear what you guys thought, but I'm really liking the direction this this season is going i'm i love uh the the kid playing judith is is really great um it does leave another question though as to if michonne is not letting people in or why is judith so set on helping others is that just an innate thing that she carries uh, from I don't know. It just uh, it just it just seemed a little out of sorts to me that depending on how she grew up or how she's growing up, how she got this solid of a characteristic of, of helping people. So can't wait to hear what you guys thought. Talk to you later. I think it wasn't um, Michonne a human rights. Uh, a, yeah, a, she was a lawyer. She could have known from that. Yeah, because but she how did she know to look there? Because she was probably hiding her hand and was being all obvious about hiding the bandage and keeping her hand behind she her. Had... You can tell. <laughs> you can tell. She had some kind of um, one of those like cool looking gloves where your finger comes out or something, I think. It was a bandage. Or... I think it was like a leather. Um... Oh, you think it was a leather glove? I think so. Either way, it's like, take that off. Look, there's a prison tattoo. <laughs> yeah. She must have seen her hand at some point. Otherwise, yeah. it totally doesn't make sense to me. Like, you have a glove on. There must be a prison tattoo under there. She's maybe uh, honed her psychic she skills. Has tattoo sensing ability. Yes, the tattoo whisperer. <laughs> as far as uh, as Judith goes, it could be innate. It could be that she has some memories of Carl and Rick because she was, you know, how old was she? Four or five? Yeah. Yeah. You remember things from that mm -hmm. age. 
she might actually sense how Michonne really wants to be underneath her her exterior, something yeah. like that. Could be yeah. a bunch of different things. Okay, here is Rick from Nevada. I think we have not had a call from Rick before, so here we go. Hey, Jason and Karen. It's Rick from Nevada. Um, I didn't watch the last episode uh, last night, but I wanted to give my opinion on Rick's final episode because I heard that Karen might have an opinion on it. Yeah. So she might appreciate this or what I have to say. And it's just about a simple concept. It's about Rick's family. And I think the message of that episode was twofold. Andrew Lincoln leaving the show is leaving it for his family back in London. But at the same time, that episode was to show how far and how hard it was to come to that decision. Because while Rick slash Andrew Lincoln is leaving for one family, he's also leaving another back in Georgia. And that bridge, I think, represents how Rick tries to make a compromise. Like, hey, I can we make this work somehow? I don't want to go out like this, but of course the bridge holds, and it has to be Rick to end it all. It had to be Rick. We wouldn't be satisfied any other way. So, yeah. I was surprised that Andrew Lincoln is not dead on the show and may return sometime soon. Who knows? On another note, Jade slash Anne is my new favorite character on the show for saving my old favorite character, Rick Grimes. <laughs> and Drew Grimes is the most badass little girl of the apocalypse. Do <laughs> <laughs> you have any opinions on any of that? Um, yeah. Uh Sure. Um, I think we are going to see Rick very soon. And uh, I think that you're right. He did leave to go to his other family in London. So there was a nice sort of symmetry there that he left one family to go back to his other family. But he will be back in um, in our TV screens at some point soon <laughs> as Rick Grimes. So this is not the last we've seen of Rick Grimes. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I'm emotionally thrilled and intellectually i think that's really dumb but (laughs) 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 i can't wait to watch it anyway okay now we have annie hi guys this is annie calling in england listen to the podcast for ages never actually managed to ring in but i thought i would ring in because i remember jason mentioning that he was going to do a special episode with karen concerning the the episode with rick's departure so i thought i would call in kind of put my tuppence in there so yeah i listen to a lot of old episodes of the walking dead cast while i'm at work and i realized that there's something that you guys used to do that you don't do anymore that i really miss and it's a haiku review for you so (laughs) i thought i would call in with my attempt for karen concerning the most recent episode of the walking dead and rick's departure so here we go british cop with nice blue eyes why did you not die I sure hope Karen won't quit. <laughs> so, yeah, that is my attempt, and I hope you like it. And bring bring back the haikus, bring back the haikus. Yeah, as you can tell, pretty mixed feelings about the episode, but hey ho, made a haiku. Hope you like it. <laughs> Bye, Annie. I loved your haiku. That was awesome. Her haiku review. Yeah. Well. <laughs> uh, Let's see. Next week, Rima and Sean are going to be co-hosting with me. Yeah. And then for the mid-season finale is uh, 
is Lucy. I, I'm, I'm, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So that'd be great. Karen, I know that Karen and I will be podcasting in one form or another at some point in the future. And True. whatever form that takes, whether it's more Walking Dead or something completely different, I will do my best to lobby for some haiku action. Oh, yeah. I will definitely do a haiku review for you, Annie. <laughs> yeah, because I missed that, too. That was that was fun. <laughs> I forgot we did that. <laughs> yeah, we used to do that a lot. Yeah. It kind of got played out, but I think it's time for a comeback. Yeah. <laughs> new Thanks, haiku Annie. review for you. Fun to hear from, from some new people. And now we have uh, Cindy called in last week about last week's episode, but uh, I didn't get it in time, so I want to play it now. And here we go. Hey, Jason and Karen. This is Petey, um, Cindy, and I just wanted to leave you a brief voicemail um, about last night's episode with Rick. Uh, I wanted to mention three points. Uh, one is, did you notice that the song they played as Rick was carried off in the helicopter was the same song played at the end of the pilot episode? Um Space junk. When the camera's pulling yep. up from the tank. Yeah. Same song. Uh, I think it's called Space Junk. And um, the bridge that they've been working on and that Rick blew up what, uh, is the same bridge that they uh, filmed in season three, I think, when uh, Daryl and Merle are reunited and then they leave the rest of the group. And they come upon the Hispanic family in trouble on the bridge. Whoa. And when Rick looks down and sees Daryl down on the embankment, that's about right where Daryl and Merle were standing, looking up at the trouble on the bridge back then. Same bridge. Um, and then just tying it back to my little guest spot a couple of weeks ago, talking about how little time has passed on The Walking Dead, I just wanted to point out how funny it is that with the two time jumps this year, we have now spanned more time of the zombie apocalypse than they have in the previous eight years. <laughs> um, other than that, I enjoyed the episode. Um, it was bittersweet uh, seeing um, Herschel again, especially in you know light of Scott Wilson's passing. That was very sweet and sad. Um, but my favorite scene, I think, was with Rick and Shane in the car and talking about who's family and Me Judith too. and who's an asshole. So. <laughs> Um, that's about my two bits. I still haven't curated what I really feel or think about Maggie and, um, Megan's interaction yet, whether I liked it or I didn't like it. I'm not sure yet. I have to think about that. Uh, seeing Judith Grimes at the end was pretty awesome. Um, that's about it. I don't want to take up too much time. I probably already did. So I love (laughs) you guys and I will listen to the uh, podcast tomorrow. Bye. Thank Love you, you too, Cindy. Cindy. Mm. What did What did you think of Maggie not killing Negan? I was glad. Oh, of course, I was glad. Um, that that made me that whole thing made me really happy. He wasn't the same person. He was like a shell. I don't know if that was if it was a game if he was playing her or what. But I, don't I think, think so. she she made the right call. I think. Okay, I'm surprised to hear you say that. Really, you think I'd want to like kill Negan? Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of was all about that, wasn't I? <laughs> yeah, yeah, now that now that you mention yeah. it, yeah, I was all about that. It's I mean, funny it's cool, how whatever. you change. I, I, I almost felt like, God, if you're going to go through all that trouble and, you know, put Rick in this precarious position where at the time 
that happened in the episode. I thought he was going to die and then have it be for nothing. But uh, I'm glad she didn't, too. <clears throat> yeah, it would have hurt her more than him. Yeah, he would be in blissful peace. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> All right, now it's time for Comic Talk with Lucy and Derek. Hey, Zed Heads, welcome back to Comic Talk. I'm Lucy. And I'm Derek. And we're here to discuss The Walking Dead comic connections to Season 9, Episode 6. Mm-hmm. Who are you now? I'm still Derek. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of Comic Talk. <laughs> it's, it's who are you now, isn't it? Not what are you now. As I said it, I was like, hmm. Yes, it is. It is. Who are you yeah, now? Yes. <laughs> so who are they now? How How is it? It's a reckless world that mm-hmm. we're, we're waking up to. Um, how did you find it overall? And um, This felt like the season premiere if uh, Andrew Lincoln hadn't signed his new contract. I felt like yeah. they were going to start off the season this way. So what I'm, what I'm actually more interested in is how are they going to get to the mid-season finale and make it feel like a mid-season finale and not just episode three of season nine. Right. I had the exact same thought because really? <laughs> I was thinking like in my head, spoilers abound here, guys. Mm-hmm. I always kind of thought the fair might be the mid-season finale of this season, but I don't think it's going to be. I think the fair might be the finale, but that's a lot of it's a lot of time to fill in between that. So I don't know if we're going to be spending more time with the Whisperers or, yeah, I'm not sure how it's going to play out. What are your thoughts? Um, Well, going through to our first point, I suppose, uh, the fair is mentioned by Ezekiel in here. It's a pretty big moment in the comic. We we hear that Ezekiel wants to make sure that Henry comes back in time for the fair, which means it's not too far away. He seems really concerned that if uh, if Henry goes away to the hilltop, um, that he's not going to make it back in time. So um, so I'm, I'm actually conscious that that could mean that it is the mid-season finale that the moment at the fair yeah. uh, that happens could actually be the big cliffhanger in the mid-season it may be i mean i i'm i wouldn't be surprised if it was but mm-hmm. i think like you after this episode i was like hang on so this is episode six and we've got two episodes i'm quite <laughs> yeah. i'm just like wow that's a lot for a show that's been known for being ponderous uh-huh. it's moving a lot quicker but i'm wondering maybe if we're going to get more backstory with the whisperers or more time with them before they meet our main gang if that makes sense yes. in a way that you maybe wouldn't get in the comic format yeah, yeah. um on that note, do we think, are Carol and Ezekiel basically the new Rick and Andrea in terms of their role in that plot? There's definitely been some shifting around uh, among the other characters that are, that are left and the ones that are, are available now to use in the show. And yeah, I can see a little bit of, uh, a little bit of Rick and Andrea there. Um, mm-hmm. And Carol and Ezekiel, it is interesting that they've split up in the first episode. Um, mm-hmm. do have, uh, the whole way through the episode, I was wondering whether Carol was ever going to make it back to Ezekiel uh, at oh. all. Where Henry, at least, was ever going to make back as well, because there's, uh, there's quite, some quite big moments there. But we find out what type of person Carol is once again, in case we forgot. So, she definitely, she definitely has a distinctive way of dealing with uh-huh. people that she sees as a threat. It's, uh, it's a, they got Caroled. <laughs> yes, yes, they did. <laughs> um, how do you find Henry as a Carl kind of substitute or stand-in? Um, it's it's interesting, isn't it? There's there's probably his storylines have to now be spread around, along and around most of the mm-hmm. other characters, really, most of the younger characters. Um, I'm not sure whether they're going to specifically use Henry as a stand-in. I think just mm-hmm. just a simple concept of separating a family because there's certain functions done in different uh, in different communities um, yeah. throughout these groups. I think that's just a really interesting idea to explore. So the idea of sending Henry off to train up with Earl in the, in the hilltop. Um, mm-hmm. 
the idea of separating Rick from Carol was really important in the comics. So the idea of separating Henry from Ezekiel and Carol seems to be the way they're going to go for this. So I'm not sure whether you're going to take all of the storylines, but uh, mm-hmm. I like the idea of, of just at least taking that and, and exploring that a little bit. Absolutely. And it's amazing that they've managed to get for all of Carol's adoptive kids. Um, it was Madison Lintz playing Sophia. Mm-hmm. Then it was her younger brother playing Henry in the first half of the season. And now this is actually another Lintz. I think oh, his brilliant. name is Max and Lintz. <laughs> so they all look like when you look you're like that's actually, yeah, they all really do look quite similar. So I, presumably, yeah, that's great, yeah. I hadn't seen I hadn't seen Henry on screen for a little while. Um, we haven't seen him for a couple of episodes and I was kind of going, is that him? Has he grown that quick? Yeah. Because <laughs> he looks a lot older, but he looks very like him. So, yeah, they've done a really good job. I just wonder if, like, Melissa McBride goes over for dinner there or, you know, <laughs> how that plays out. Like, you've taken poor care of one of our children, you mm-hmm. know? <laughs> um, so, I guess we saw Henry and mm-hmm. Carol set out on the road towards Hilltop, and we got to have another first look at Alexandria. Yeah. I thought it was looking more comic booky than it had been. Nice. Um bit more of a sense of their having built things uh we saw watermills in the in the middle of the settlement i think we saw judith helping out with that um, Mm and which was something that was quite a nice feature and i was wrong about something last week um this new group did lose someone called bernie um the same as in the comics but am i right that we didn't see it i'm not just being callous and not seeing things <laughs> no definitely didn't see it uh, i think it must have cut into that moment when they were being saved by judas uh, just after they lost bernie but we just hear um one of the characters saying that they lost uh, yes yeah. uh, bernie so, so uh, r.i.p bernie we literally hardly knew you you didn't, didn't get cast <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get cast um there were no the introduction of the group mm. I think was a little more hostile than in the comics. I don't know. Am I reading that wrong, or would you reckon? No, I think you're right. The, the uh, Magnus group, their big kind of story arc to begin with in the comics is that it's uh, that they don't understand how a place like Alexandra can exist. That it's a mm. um, it's a too good to be true kind of location. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas you get here that nobody wants them there. It's a very different kind of hostile feeling to them. So in the comic books, it's very much. Uh, the only, the only two people that really want to talk to them are Rick and Andrea. They want to sit down and do an individual interview with each one of them to find out who they are and where they came from. Whereas this is kind of uh, the entire mob of, uh, of Alexandria wants to come out and, uh, and hear what they have to say and hopefully catch them off guard is kind of the way they're looking at it. So, yeah, much more hostile. It's 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 different, isn't it? It's I think it's nice. I think it's maybe raising the raising the stakes slightly. I mm-hmm. mean, I get the feeling something has happened in the six year time gap more than Rick's. Right. I feel like I don't know. I've I've just I feel like what with Michonne Scar and things like that. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see things that maybe have happened in that time. That because to me it seemed like a large turnaround just from Rick's death for them to suddenly be so against interlopers but we'll see how it plays out i think the the way that the characters introduced themselves was effective Mm -hmm. and i'm on board to see what happens next because they don't go to hilltop in the comics they stay in alexandria so i'm excited to see what the utility of taking them there is what we're gonna what we're gonna get from that yeah and the one thing i will say and just for the comic book readers out there the one thing i will say is i think from my version of the comic books or my my mm. reading of the comic books, I was never a huge fan of Magna and her group. I think they yeah. were, they, we thought they were going to be introduced for a purpose, which was to explore the whole concept of how everything was set up. And they started mm-hmm. out like that and then they kind of dropped them pretty quickly. Um, they kind of went into the background and a couple of storylines came up with mm-hmm. them over time, but they never felt too important. And I feel in the TV show, if you're going to cast you know five new actors to come into the show, they have to be 
much more functional than they were in the comic books or uh, provides some more drama as well. So hopefully they'll be used a lot more. So the idea of bringing them to Hilltop to show us what Hilltop's like now. Um, yeah, kind of I think that's I think that's a really good point, actually. I think Magna definitely seems to be given more of a hard personality mm. in the show than in the comics. Um, and I think as well, in a way, thinking about it now, maybe Magna and her group were almost red herrings. Um yeah for the Whisperers because we get introduced to Magna and her group and we assume they're going to be the trouble. But they turn out to actually be quite smart. Um, Negan tries to hoodwink them and say that he's being kept and tortured and in kind of a typical sort of Kirkman about turn of not what you expect, um, Magna completely rightly guesses that he's completely at it. He's not being tortured at all and there's a reason why he's in prison. And so things kind of go much smoother. Um, So this was, yeah, I think the conflict added an interesting edge to it. Um, And a lot of that hinged, I guess, on the character of Judith as well Mm -hmm. um, because it's not Carl that takes the group in the comic books. It's, I believe it's Jesus um, and Aaron possibly, Jesus or Aaron. Um, It's definitely Jesus and uh, Aaron's with him. Yeah. yeah. So Judith and Negan, we spoke a little bit about mm. this last week. How did you find that? Uh, this was just cute. And I love that she's, <laughs> she has really learned her lesson. Obviously, her father has left behind uh, his ability to judge a person really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that kind of moment yeah. where Judith goes, um, I'm never going to ask you anything other than mathematics because uh, mathematics doesn't judge whether you're a good person or a bad person on the inside, but everything else does like me kind of thing. She's kind of going yeah. to Negan, I'm never going to take your opinion because you're horrible. <laughs> she <laughs> so, she uh, had an great. amazing like put down line of like, yeah, yeah, that's why you're in there. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. she's sassy. <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess, you know, growing up at Michonne, it's going to kind of rub off on you somehow as well. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm intrigued to see, Negan seemed quite different yes. to the last time we saw him. So I'm intrigued to see maybe what's what's been going on there and how that's going to, impact on going forward because i think there's a difference between someone who's been held for six years and a person who's been held for about 18 months which is the point we get to with negan and the whisperer war in the comics mm-hmm. so i'm intrigued to see if he's a reformed character or not he's definitely he's had a haircut which yes is he has and his he beard's has. in better shape so <laughs> feels like he's being treated well anyway so yeah. <laughs> now you've got a good kind of cluster of points here about two of kind of our comic book originals Eugene and Rosita so what's going on there yes so um I think we all kind of picked out the point where Eugene picked up a uh, the radio last season um which is used to connect to the commonwealth in the uh, Mm -hmm. in the comic books um so very important piece of equipment but interestingly in in the tv show we see Rosita and uh, Father Gabriel um working working on the radio and well kind of together mm. i guess yeah <laughs> but i did not see that coming <laughs> i know yeah i know he's he's kind of getting around as well because he just had the relationship with Anne two know, episodes he's, ago he's had an awakening and not a spiritual one <laughs> <laughs> well it's six, it's six years between the two i suppose he's that's allowed, true but, that's true yeah he's, but I mean, we'd never seen anything before and then you know twice in yeah. in one season for us as, as viewers is quite interesting so you're kind of wondering whether he just put that into his contract for season nine i have to have a relationship i have to have something more than just being the guy that have, fucks everything up <laughs> i want to have more sex this season exactly <laughs> i did often feel that seth gillam was underused yes um because he was i believe he was in the wire wasn't he he was like he's like he, he was definitely a big name sign up when they got him on the show and yeah, I have felt for a couple of seasons that maybe, you know, they, they're underutilising his his acting. So I'm hopeful going forward. He seems to have been a complete change from the kind of snivelling character that we meet the first time that we see him. So yes. yeah, it's an interesting one. And as you say, he seems to have taken over the 
the radio storyline to an extent. Mm-hmm. Or at least involved in it. It was very much uh, in the comic books. It was Eugene playing around with the radio around this time, around the introduction <laughs> of Magna. Uh, he starts playing around with the radio on his own and doesn't tell anybody else about it. So that's kind of the interesting part there. Um, and he's also taken over the role a little bit from Abraham because Abraham and Rosita were together in the comic books uh, with Eugene um, kind of having some kind of fancy crush on her we'll say um, yeah. and he's actually saying it to her so uh, that's coming out a bit in, in this episode as well absolutely i think in the the comics um there we see that eugene and rosita are together after the time jump mm-hmm. but we find out she's pregnant but we find out quite soon that she's been unfaithful and um, so it's not a very happy relationship right. so i don't know if they're going to play rosita's character that way because it didn't seem to me that she's not happy with Gabriel so I don't know I don't know if there's going to be a baby daddy storyline or what's going to happen there but um yeah now there's something that you've been talking about uh, (laughs) a couple of times on comic talk that's become I'm calling it our new Lucille because in those uh, years before season seven we were all obsessed with who was going to get Lucille and how that was going to play out so uh this episode did again tease us the father Gabriel death and it didn't happen Mm -hmm. um how did that play out? <laughs> and I'll have to say, it's not just me. I'll, I'll give total credit for uh, for Mr. Blog. Um, when, he was oh, on, when he used to be on with Gracie Lou, this was a, a constant uh, threat over the head yeah. of Father Gabriel over and over again. <laughs> uh, this time, this has to be the closest version of uh, of that moment where um, where Eugene is standing on top of the water tower, exactly the same spot that Gabriel is. He looks out and sees a crowd of zombies coming towards mm-hmm. them, exactly the same way as Gabriel did, <laughs> climbs down and falls off and, and hurts his leg. Uh, I absolutely was going, oh no, is Rosita just going to leave him behind to get eaten by zombies? That's not good. He's just got, his, got rid of his mullet and got his new haircut, you know? Can't happen. Oh, God bless him. And he's looking He's looking pretty. I mean, Eugene's always looked pretty spot on for the comic book mm-hmm. character. But he's really nailed it with this time jump with the yes. hair. And I just, yeah, it's like you say, you know, get that great haircut, start looking a bit better. And then mm-hmm. you just fall off the ladder and get you. <laughs> it's just terrible. Yeah. But I love when they do this. I love when they do these kind of switch ups uh, for comic book readers as well. Just kind of go, look, this is exactly this, the way that the scene played out in the comic book. He's definitely going to die. He's like, oh, he's not. OK, well he's done. <laughs> And then something awful will happen in like yeah. three episodes and we'll be like, oh, no, we didn't see that coming. Exactly. But, um, <laughs> yeah. So if you if you have any theories about who's going to get Father Gabriel, do let us know. <laughs> um, the, there's one other small one that I like to call um, Daryl the Hobbit because mm. he's, his dressing is just spot on for Frodo and Sam in the two towers. And um, he's even got the cloak. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> But the fisherman aspect, that kind of ties in more with Michonne in the comics and her relationship with Oceanside. And I think you're more well-versed in this than me, her storyline in the Telltale game, Mm -hmm. the standalone. I think that takes place largely around the ocean and Oceanside. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, pretty, that, yeah, pretty much. She does. She does actually go out uh, on on the river to to catch fish, basically, for to supply the communities and works with another brand new group. I suppose the reason why I would say this is quite close to it, Daryl's story storyline is quite close to it, is because the reason why Michonne goes is because she can no longer take dealing with all the community issues that have grown up over yeah. the years. So it's like completely running away, and we hear. Um, as Carol arrives with Henry, uh, her calling out to him as, hey, stranger. So it feels like they've all been apart for quite a long time. Um, She knows where to find him, but it feels like she's not gone to visit him at all, at least from Henry's knowledge as well. So so I think he kind of has taken that that place. uh, He has left the group and gone far away from them, so they don't have to deal with it. So we we were right, that, that moment of the death of Rick definitely affected him a lot more than, than a lot of other members of the group. 
Absolutely. Rick always knew how to draw Daryl into that group. Um, yeah. And yeah, with that gone, I think it's probably, yeah, it's, it's funny. I think there was always kind of a feeling that Daryl was quite of a, a lone wolf. Mm-hmm. And I can kind of, I'm actually quite happy with the idea that he's living out in, like living solo, but sort of connected. Like you feel like it maybe hadn't been a full six years. Like maybe Carol knows where he is and sees him now and again. But yeah, it definitely isn't the case that he's like checking in every couple of days and things. Yeah. Um, and I guess finally, the grand finale of this yes. episode, the Whisperers have arrived. Yes. Um, I Again, I think we talked about this after Comic Talk last week, actually, Lucy, mm. uh, off, off Comic Talk. We should never, <gasps> we should never do that. The director's uh, cut. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, I was just, I was saying to you that I was kind of hoping they didn't do this as a cliffhanger. This was something that happened before an ad break. And then at the end of the ad break, we find out that. Uh, who the whispers are, I suppose, or what what's going on? Because for non-comic book readers, yet there was that moment last night. Uh oh, Walking Dead's jumped the shark. We have oh, yeah. uh, the zombies are talking now. Oh, what are they doing? They, they yeah. they're going to ruin the show. And it is what we thought when we were reading the comic books. But you know, a month or two goes by, and you understand what's going on. You understand yeah. who the whispers are. I'm just wondering if for the next week we're going to get completely inundated with people going, "That's it. I've, I've left the show." I'm done. Yeah, because I, I, yeah, I was looking at them. On the one hand, it's a great thing because they don't look obviously not like Zeds because that's the whole point is they're so convincing in the comics. Like it really is genuinely a surprise when you realise that these are people in the skin of walkers. Mm -hmm. But I was looking at them and actually they do look slightly different from your usual walkers when you see them there slightly better kept they're like weird things like their hair is well maintained not like (laughs) well maintained it's not like a do but it's it doesn't look quite as sort of ruined as some of the zombies have so i think hopefully there's enough of a difference that people might want to stick around and find out answers Mm and in terms of how it played out it was i at first i watched it and thought "Mm, this isn't that similar but having gone back and read the issue i think it's 129 possibly um it's so it's Marco and Ken who are two characters from Hilltop who yes. we don't really know of. I mean, they may get introduced in that way that some characters have the same name um, <laughs> in the show as the comic. Um, they're out on some kind of run. One of them is injured, and it's a very similar situation. They're mm-hmm. running on foot from a herd of walkers. One of them has a hurt leg, and it's the whole leave me behind, you know, <laughs> go on without me. <laughs> um, <laughs> At which point, I would just be like, nope, take me with you. Nope, never leave me. Um, If I'm down, you're down too. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm like, I am your rock. I will drag you down with me. Um, (laughs) And it's raining and they slide into sort of a, it's not quite a sinkhole, but sort of a kind of, I don't know, mud pool. Mm -hmm. Um, And yet this final kind of panels are the two of them sort of covered in mud while the whisperers walk along the top of them sort of saying, where are they? Where have they gone? In the comics, it's less of a pursuit. I think the Whisperers are less bothered. They're just like, okay, well, they disappeared. Yeah. Whereas it's slightly more sinister in the show. They seem to be actively pursuing them, which is, again, up to the ante a little bit in terms of the dramatic tension. Yeah, and it makes a lot of sense as to why Eugene's so shocked when the herd comes out of the woods as well, because they're very used to been, you know, doing this for six years. They're very used to keeping an eye on where the herds are. So uh, mm-hmm. it, it kind of shows that interesting side of it that maybe someone's guiding them to follow and, and and hunt down groups of small people that are traveling on their own so um so yeah i can see the surprise yeah, there he comments on it he says they've done a, they must have done a hard you like he's very shocked because yeah. they, they talk about them earlier they're like oh there's footprints of this group and yeah it's good that we may be putting a couple of clues there that it's not all is not as it seems mm-hmm. so 
I did not see a preview for next week, so I do not know what is coming up. Me neither, and I love that. I'm really happy that yeah, I didn't. I'm kind so. of happy. I'm going to try and remain as unspoiled as I can <laughs> for the next week. Um, what are you hoping for next week as a comic aficionado? Oh, I'm really hoping that we're going to see what's happening up in, Hill, in Hilltop. Because um, yeah. obviously, you know, we're, we may not be seeing Maggie. Um, we saw that, that her name has been removed from the titles of this week's episode. So uh, we obviously may not be seeing Maggie. So we're going to hear how that story's changed and who's taken over Hilltop and, and going to see what's different there i suppose yeah and it definitely seemed like some communities are now no more um yes. the sanctuary appears to have gone bust and oceanside is a bit of a question mark so i'm intrigued to see who like you say who's at hilltop yep. and will that be that these are the two the two communities that remain so all shall be revealed <laughs> or <laughs> not revealed <laughs> <laughs> or we'll wait for the last episode yes exactly uh, no excellent i'm really really looking forward to, to getting into it and, and loving how much of the comic book has been taken into the this episode out of the show as well um, it's great it feels like it's become really organic now in a way that it wasn't before i think we're coming more into line with the comics and yeah it's good it's not completely predictable and i guess that's the result of some of the cast changes and whatnot but mm-hmm. there's enough for a comic fan to feel rewarded i think for sticking with it yes for this amount of time and what's coming up absolutely oh and only um, one final one that i forgot to write oh, of down, course uh, which is aaron's arm so aaron does have a replacement oh, yep. uh, working mechanical arm and um, we didn't see it for more than a second so it looked a little bit like a gauntlet on his hand i want to see a little more of that next week so, uh. <laughs> the infinity gauntlet he took it from the set of avengers and was like i'm just gonna take this to alexandria with me well, um, yeah. half the Zeds, that'd be pretty good well exactly <laughs> i'm thinking we're going to see more of aaron which i like because i think ross mercan's great and mm-hmm. i just i like aaron's character a lot in the comics and we've kind of you know we we don't check in with him as much as i'd like yes. so i'm hoping that this will be the season of of aaron in a lot of ways yeah, which yeah. probably means something horrible well, well he's already lost his arm yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> all right well we shall catch up with you zed heads next week hopefully and i look forward to talking to you then absolutely thanks so much for joining us Zedheads. we'll talk to you next week talk to you next week bye All right, that is our show, episode 333. Thank you for listening, everyone. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for coming back on, Karen. I hope you had a good time. I did! I did, too. If you guys want to give us a call, you can reach us at 650-485-DEAD. That's 650-485-3323. You can email us at brains at podcastica.com. You can find us on the web at facebook.com slash deadcast. And be sure to check out our other shows at podcastica.com. Next episode of this show, we'll be covering The Walking Dead Season 9, Episode 7, Stradivarius, which is directed by Michael Cudlitz. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. It'll be interesting to see what he makes Josh McDermott do. Wow. Stradivarius <laughs> makes me think that it has it's something about violins, and yeah. that means the music teacher maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think it refers Luke. to the music. Yeah, it's going to refer to yeah, music cool. teacher Luke. Just saying. I want to remind you that support for today's show comes from Fallout 76, Bethesda Game Studios, the award-winning creators of Skyrim and Fallout 4 welcome you to Fallout 76, the online prequel where every surviving human is a real person. Work together or not to survive. Fallout 76 will be available worldwide on Wednesday, November 14th. Maybe you're hearing that now and it's available. Pre-order now at participating retailers and play the beta. Games play best on Xbox One. All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening. Don't get bit, Vanessa Ng.